And welcome back to 216 Baseball, Cleveland Baseball Podcast. His name's Alex. My name's Paul. And if, honestly, your team just kind of, I don't know, sucks ass, then you're in the right spot. Let's get into it. what's going on man how you doing today i'm doing pretty well man i um you know the team the team got me down a little bit but my mom's here it was my birthday on saturday what is today monday yeah whoops sorry about that sorry for turning 28 golden birthday so um but no it's low-key i never like to do too too much for uh, my birthday and my mom's here to spend time with us and everett and it's memorial day today so happy memorial day to don't even everyone? say anything. Okay. I know you're going to, just don't. Okay, I won't. Well, to everybody else other than Paul, um, <laughs> to everyone else other than Paul, thank you for your service and for the sacrifices that everybody makes. Um, so, no, I'm happy. You were originally going to have to work today, so we were going to have to record like later tonight, and then this episode was going to come out late, but... You got called in to work the other day to pick up for someone, and now you have yep. today off. And yep, they we can gave get this me out a, at a good time. Uh, they gave me like, "Hey, just let us know what day you want off in the future, and uh, we got you." And today was a, a obviously a federal holiday, so people that don't work like the the twelve hour, twenty four hour watch that we stand um, had the day off. So I figured the easiest thing to do would just be take today off and. Not only be able to record, but make everything easier for everyone. Yeah. Demanding content, and now we can give it to you. <laughs> so his sacrifice yet again. <laughs> I fucking hate you so much. I know. Uh, but how are you doing, dude? Good. I can't complain. I've uh, I went, I've been relaxing. I mean, Friday I had to work. Saturday um, went and played some cards with some friends. And then uh, went and saw the new Bob's Burger movie, which was... Honestly, like my expectations, I would say were pretty high because I really like Bob's Burgers, the show. Mm-hmm. Great movie, fantastic. Really? Yeah. The one person I saw talk about it said it was awful, so I didn't. Yeah. And well, I love whoever, Bob's Burgers. Whoever you heard talk about it, slap them. Okay. Well, it's not someone I know in real life. It was just on Twitter, but yeah, yeah I it, will. it was fantastic. Me and my me and my roommate went and saw it together, and we were the only two in the theater, which I kind of expected. Um, and. Uh, I was laughing the whole time. Okay, yeah, I love Bob's Burgers, so I would yeah. hope it would be good. But so I was a little disappointed. But yeah, now, now, well, I don't, we don't really get to get out too much with a newborn. But. The soundtrack of it, there's like, there's like three songs uh-huh. that are a part of it that I listen to, like not on repeat, but like regularly. Okay, okay, yeah, Highly I love suggested. me some Bob's Burgers. It's like the best. In my opinion, it's like the best cartoon kind of, you know, like adult one by far, in my opinion. it's See, it's I got clever. into, I was super into Archer before I got into Bob's Burgers mm-hmm. because the same guy that plays Archer plays Bob's Burger or plays Bob in Bob's Burgers. Um, 
so like I got into Bob's Burgers after I watched all of Archer and I caught up and I was like, hmm, what else should I watch? Oh, I guess I'll watch this. And then I loved it. So, yeah. and I'm not big on that it. genre at all, but Bob's Burgers just, it's hilarious to me. Yeah. It's very clever. Um, so hot topics are on the shorter side, two things to kind of talk about. So yeah. the other day, so we've, we always talk about the Nike city connect uniforms and the Colorado Rockies just announced theirs. And then I don't know what happened. I don't know when they're supposed to come out. Originally we had the schedule and uh, you know, the episodes in the preseason, yeah. but then we also got stuff randomly. I don't know if it leaked or what of the Angels City Connect jerseys as well. So we'll start with the Rocky City Connect ones here. Um, so white with like an Everest green, all you know, for their pants, white belt, and then a like a know, kind of mountain purple, like stripe down the side with the the. Oh yeah, I didn't even see that at first. Purple like Nike sign. Yeah, I didn't even see that at first. And then Everest green kind of mountain. And then it, the top, very top of the shirt and the sleeves are all white to kind of make the mountain logo and just says Colorado. And then the hats have a pretty cool um, uh, picture on it as well. I mean, it's pretty plain. Someone said, I love Andy's mints. And I just can't really get that out of my head because they do <laughs> just look like a gigantic I, Andy's mint. I honestly love these. Like I, they're They're like, like we've talked about before. Like they're they're clean. They're not. They're they have enough like pizzazz, I guess would be the word to them to make them like different, but like mm-hmm. not too much. And yeah, they're I, I on me. Really like these. I think they just have like just enough. It seems like something like for some reason I don't know why they remind me of something like the Diamondbacks would do like in the early two yeah. thousands. But I love these. I. My first reaction to it was I was super indifferent and I could not come up with an opinion. That was my um, my immediate. I was like, I couldn't tell you if you held a gun to my head, I couldn't tell you whether I liked these or not. Coming back to it and, you know, a couple days have passed. I do like them. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like them. I they're what well, we do, like the one to ten, you know, I'm at like a I, seven, I guess. I would say I, I think these are like an eight and a half. Ooh, okay, yeah, so you really like them. Yeah. It, but the more I look at them, the more I'm like, yeah, those are kind of fire. I guess I just expected it to maybe be different. I don't know, and maybe that's why, but I don't I, really... I want to... One of the things that I, I like to do before like, I really give my opinion on them is wait to see what they look like on the field. Mm-hmm. Because notoriously, I said that I hated the Astros ones. Okay, I, I was going to say. I still don't like them that much. They're still probably my least favorite out of the Nike Connects. But when I saw them on the field, when we played against them, I was like, okay, they're not that bad. Yeah, when I saw them too, and I liked them more than you, I was like, okay, those are kind of fire. <laughs> yeah, see, I, like when I saw them on the field, I was like, okay, they're not that bad. Like, But when you just see the picture, I was like, those are tr- – like. I don't know if it was the way that they announced it, like the like the setting that they put them in and stuff. I was like, "This is stupid!" Like, I hate mm-hmm. this so much. And then when I saw them on the field, I was like, "Okay, they're not that bad. I don't I don't mind it." But I, I want uh, to wait. The more I look at them, the like more the they're growing on me. Yeah, I don't know. The more they are growing on me, and yeah, I don't know. So they are pretty clean and i i think you're right i think if once i see them on the field i could see it being like really clean but um 
but yeah, so those are going to be coming out. And then again, I don't know if it was a leak. It kind of seems like it because talking baseball. I want you to do me out. a favor when we talk about these angels ones. Don't look at the Mike Trout picture because like that's enough for you to make you cream your jeans. Just yeah. Mike Trout being there. So like judge it off of just Shohei Otani. I don't want you to be biased. Yeah, true. Because the first picture is the back that we first got was a backdrop of like the coast, you know, the, yeah. the the West Coast and stuff. And there's like the ocean in the background and they look a lot whiter than they are. And then someone I just found these this morning and threw them in our uh, show notes rendered it, I guess, or photoshopped it onto pictures of you know, just photoshopped them to kind of get an idea. And these photos make them look a lot more like an old style cream, like a, you know, like a, these might be my favorite city connect jerseys I've seen. So okay. far. Really? All right. I so love these so much. See, I didn't get at first again, because we didn't have these Photoshop renders. It was just the, I, it had to have been a leak unless they really did mean to announce them. But I don't think the angels have tweeted out about it yet. This picture, you lost some of the coloring in it. It's four players. It's like Michael Lorenzen, Cindergard, Trout, and Jared Walsh. And I want to point out that Michael Lorenzen is uh, not wearing shoes. Uh, that's Cindergard. Noah Cindergard's not wearing shoes. I did not catch that the first time. Good and catch, it, though. And it creeps me out. Yeah, it is a little creepy. So I think this was a leak. Like most but then people again, charge for those. So like, <laughs> that's that's free. You're you're wasting money here, Noah. Come on, be smart with well, your he's money. He's making dude. he's making like eighteen point four million this year. So. I guarantee there's someone on the internet that would buy those buy pictures of his feet for like two thousand dollars. I think you can sell just about anything on the internet. Unfortunately, yeah. it's it's pretty strange. But anyway, these Photoshop renders. How would you describe this? It's like a really dark cream. Almost so, like a yeah, beige, um, like a beige. Kind, you know what it kind of, so the, the first picture, it looks like the Phillies uniforms, like they're off whites that they wear just with the mm-hmm. Angels logo on it instead. You're talking about the heads. leaked one? It, they look a lot more white yeah, in that photo. Yeah. And then the uh, Photoshop. But I would say, yeah, it's like a, hmm. It's like a beige, almost. I, like a I really would say like a khaki, beige. like a light khaki. Yeah, like a really light khaki. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way to put it. And with, and then, with like a red script angels with like a really like different font. And then they have a thick uh, stripe and a thin red stripe on the shoulder or like on the bicep area. And the, the diamond with the number in it on the left side of like the abdomen with a black number with a red diamond, I really like. It's like subtle, but like classy and it draws your eye to it. Mm. It looks like well, a, it looks, oh, and then the angels, the A has a little like ring around halo it. Halo around it. Yeah, like the little halo thing around it. That's cool on the, across the chest. Um, I like them. They're, they look like if you tried to put a City Connect and a throwback of like old time Jersey kind of style together. That's kind of what I get yeah. out of this. Just, it looks like. If you pulled up like 1940s or 1950s kind of style jerseys, um, but they're they're clean. I wouldn't say they're my favorite by any means. Um, they're easy on the eyes, you know, versus you look at the Colorado ones and there's more like uh, design. There's more stuff going on where these yeah. are pretty, pretty vanilla. Um, but yeah, I like them. I'd say like I mean, seven you have and a half. Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, the two most vanilla players. True. I will say. 
I could see these ones being. I like, take I don't that think back. Shohei is not that vanilla. Yeah, I was gonna say he has personality. Could, Mike Trout has none. Yeah, he goes. Mike Trout goes to uh, Wendy's and orders a plain burger, no cheese. And like, I, I did. I saw a video of Mike Trout with his son. His son like threw him a ball. Mike Trout had like this little bat, mm-hmm. pimped it, bat yeah. flipped on his son. I was like, ooh, yeah. ooh emotional dirty. damage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the moment that they'll draw everything back to when his kid's in therapy. When his kid's in therapy, but he's also in the pros, like, throwing 95-mile-per-hour sliders. And they're like, what happened? I was like, my dad hit a bomb off me when I was two. Never again. Yeah, him. And (laughs) I took that personally. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's his son's origin story. I could see these ones. I don't think I can really form an opinion until I see these on the field just because they're so vanilla and there's really not a lot of design that I just have to see them. But, um, yeah, they're solid. I I do like like them. I like like them a lot. Okay. Um, So now we're going to talk about, last thing, the Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson incident, which happened earlier this week. And for anybody that doesn't know, it was reported that Tommy Pham slapped Jock Peterson in like warmups and like BP basically. Yeah. Yeah. And he smacked him over a disagreement of fantasy football. And as the smacked him over the back of the head. Yeah. Smacked him real good. And as the week went on, you know, Jock kept a straight face because this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. And he talked and said, you know, he used the I Paul, you explain it. You play fantasy football. I just play fantasy baseball. Oh, so there was a a disagreement off of some IL stuff. Someone got hurt and then there was they there was IL waivers that were getting cleared. And apparently it was like a big money league and I guess Tommy Pham has a pretty big gambling thing. So, uh, it was some what, stupid rule about the IR and being yeah. able to activate a player or something like that. It was something but it, weird. it came out, and you're allowed to do whatever he did. Like, Jock Peterson didn't cheat. It's in the rules. Like, everybody does it. And, like, Tommy Pham was just, like, out of pocket. And, and then we learned that he, the main thing he got mad about was, that apparently in that group text, Jock Peterson was just, you know, with your boys talking shit, like just dogging on like, you know, if you're, if you're, ki- you know, you're killing it in your league or whatever. And he sent some gif of uh, three people lifting weights and one of them has like the Giants over their head. And then the other one, I think, had what the Dodgers or something on it yeah. on it. And then the right one was the Padres, which was fam's team last year. And they all like throw their weights up over their head, and the person all the way to the right, ha- you know, has the Dodge or the Padres symbol on it, which was Tommy Pham's team. And the weight comes down and like hits them, and they fall on the ground and collapse. So he was like talking shit to his boys, like he was making fun of them. And Tommy Pham apparently took exception to that as well, and said like, "You don't fucking know me well enough to like do like talk like that." And all, all the texts came out, and Peterson said, "You know, dude, I didn't mean any disrespect. Like I'm just playing around. You know what I mean? Like." chill and uh so yeah then video came out of it and yeah he just like will smith the back of his head like just came up and just like whooped him on the back of the head and bp like out in the outfield they were it this is the lamest shit i have ever heard in my entire life find god okay jock peterson is a douche but he did nothing wrong here Tommy Pham, I'm so glad we don't have this dude on our team. You know, we heard rumblings of the stupid shit he'd done. Like, 
He got stabbed in a nightclub, for example, which you're a victim in that case. I'm not going to pretend like, you know, we don't know the details. And so you kind of write that off like, huh, you got stabbed in a nightclub. That's kind of wild. Glad you're okay. And then this shit kind of happens. And it's like, you know, hearing you got stabbed in a nightclub one time, not that I wish that upon him, doesn't seem that far fetched anymore. I don't know. A guy that and he's like, you're fucking with my money and all that. Find God. Okay, find God. You clearly have a problem. Like, big money. Like, you send an 8 million... Like, how much money are we talking? Like, read the rules of your league. You slapped someone. He's he's suspended for three days, three games. Yeah. And he's not even going to... He's not even going to... Um, uh, appeal. Contestant. Appeal it, excuse me. Yeah, I couldn't find the word. He's not even going to appeal it. The lamest shit I've ever heard. Who smacks a... Gr- punch him. What? Like, I mean, that would just be as ridiculous. That'd be more ridiculous. Punch him. Who slaps a grown man in the back of the head? Will Smith. No, he did it to the front of his face. Oh, Although that, yeah. That, I mean, that he was smacked just him in the... But yeah, it was weird. I don't know. I, I kind of, as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is dumb. And I kind of checked out of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, just... I would see it like periodically and I would be like, all right, yeah, cool. All right, yeah, whatever. But again, I'm like, this is dumb. I don't really give a fuck. Yeah, it's just... I don't give that fuck that much either, but it's just like the lamest shit I have ever heard in my entire life happened. Yeah. Like Tommy Pham. There's just like a loser slapping another loser, in my opinion. Although Jock Peterson did nothing wrong in this, but just the- Jock Peterson's still a huge douche. <laughs> he is, but it's just like what is happening all week? This like ran the news cycle. Like, what the fuck? And I did. I kind of checked out too, but what a, what the lamest shit ever yeah. you smack a grown-ass man in the back of the head over injury reserve placements i don't know anyway um so we'll get into it but obviously we're we're back at home memorial day today right monday we got the royals at home for three and you need to be at progressive field we need to stuff the seats we need to cheer on this team lord need, knows they they need the help yeah and the way that you're going to get those tickets, obviously, if you're going to make good financial the decisions. Only, the only way, the only smart way to get these tickets are through SeatGeek. Yeah, you're going to download SeatGeek, literally the number one mobile ticketing app. You're going to, for the first time you sign up, you're going to use code 216BASEBALLPOD. So again, the number's 216BASEBALLPOD and get $20 off of your first order. So you literally get to save money. Yeah. Everybody wins. And then you can go spend that $20 on beer. Exactly. That's two beers at Progressive Field. It's not like when I it's went three to three beers. Ooh, I don't know. It's like eight fifty nine. I don't know if the eight fifty nine dollars. I think I. I think when I last time I went, they were like six. I don't know, man. For the short ones, not the talls. If you go to if you go to two dollar, the two dollar pregame thing though. Yeah, that's a lot of beers. That's ten beers. That's ten like, beers. You're gonna. You're going to be messed up. At, in you're going to be Alex right and Paul at Bush Stadium messed up. Yeah, you're going to be wrecked. <laughs> so they make it super easy. We've talked about it, but seriously. Uh, I mean, it's the big leagues using SeatGeek. You got uh, a nice ranking system so you can see it goes from red dot to green dot. If it's dark red, terrible deal, blow me. You Worst know, trade I'm not deal buying your seats. In the history of trade deals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All the way up to, you know, light green and then a super dark green, which means like this is a steal. Someone clearly needs gas money or has come into financial ruins. If you don't buy this, you're an idiot. 
Yeah. They've come into financial ruin, capitalize on their misfortune. Like you got to buy those. So they make it really easy. So, you know, good deal, bad deal. They give you a picture of your seats too. So you're like, oh, I don't know. What are these going to look like? I haven't been to the stadium before, or I haven't sat in that part of progressive field, wherever it may be. You're going to know what it looks like. So, I mean, like, come on, you have nothing to lose. You're into music. You want to go to concerts, right? You want to go to the NBA finals coming up. We still got the NHL playoffs going on. Yeah. All of it. That's This is where you're going to get your tickets from. So go download the SeatGeek app, number one in the App Store for mobile ticketing. Uh, app Store, iOS, Android, Google Play, all that. Yep. Code 216BASEBALLPOD, $20 off. It's a no-brainer. Yep. So with that being said, game one um, on Monday is McKenzie versus Garcia. Guardians come into Monday's game in Houston prepared for a challenge as they go on the road to face one of the best teams in baseball and a team that's been red hot as of late. Cleveland sends T-Mac to the bump to try and get them back in the win column after dropping the series finale on Sunday to the Tigers. T-Mac absolutely shoves. The offense actually backs them up and the Guardians get a big win on the road taking game one. So quick line, Cleveland six runs on nine hits and no errors. Houston, one run on four hits and two errors. Q Paul. Yeah, if you commit two errors, you deserve to fucking lose. Yep, and that's what Houston got. So some offensive highlights here. Uh, the Guardians took a 2-0 lead in the bottom of the third after a bloop Luke Maley single uh, to left. And Miles Straw uh, had a seeing-eye single on the right side. And then an error by Astros pitcher Luis Garcia. Um, there was a soft comebacker from Ahmed Rosario and he throws the ball away at second base on what would have probably been a double play and gotten him out of the inning. That allows a run to score, puts runners on second and third. And then, uh, Jose gets a productive out grounds out to Yuli Gurriel, uh, the Astros first baseman. He was playing back a little bit at first base. So an RBI ground out and, um, and yeah, so we're up two Oh there. And then top of the fifth, two outs, one on. Astros actually decide to pitch to Jose, which is exactly where things went wrong. Uh, He hits a two-run blast to center field. It just barely gets over the wall, but you still count it. Um, And then top of the seventh, base is loaded, nobody out. Jose's at the plate salivating. Um, Again, nobody out, base is loaded for Jose. I mean, yeah, okay. Uh, Unfortunately, he just hits a little dribbler just past the mound. They tag the runner going to second for one, but the throw to first is late and wide. So two runs score on this on another area on another era error. Excuse me. Uh, so now it's times. they are. So uh, that makes it six. Oh, guardians. Jose has a double and a two run home run um, and an RBI ground out in this one. So he has four RBIs and he stole his fourth bag. And then Luke Maley had a day. He goes three for three with three singles in the nine hole. So he just keeps on hitting. But yeah, it's this whole episode series recap is going to be the Jose Ramirez show. He put it, the team on his back. As he always does. Usually does. I won't say always. Usually does. Yeah, most of the time. So key stats, six strikeouts to four walks. Can't really complain. Saw the ball well. Took our walks. Nine hits. Three of them were for extra bases. Um, Jose had two of those because he's built different. Um, Not too much to complain about there. So we score six runs and we win, right? But we went one for 12 with runners in scoring position. Absolute dog shit. I can't believe we scored six runs. Like, I mean, this could have been, you know, you get a couple more. I don't know. You could have had 10 runs probably. That's crazy. We left eight on base and we had 13 base runners. So... I mean, it it could have been a lot worse. We didn't capitalize well. Uh, So thank God for the two errors. 
And yeah, I mean, we should have scored more runs, but that's what it is. The Astros gave us three on. Hey, a dub's runs. a dub, baby. I'm not going to complain. Yeah, it's not. Talk to me about the defensive highlights. Uh, then. So there's this is the only defensive highlight I have for this entire episode. <laughs> and it is at the bottom of the six. Andres Jimenez makes another great play moving to his left, uh, playing shortstop today. Going to his left, spins and uh, delivers a great throw to Josh Naylor, covering the bag at first. Uh, just another great. Uh, the dude has so much range and, and great instincts at in the middle infield. Just makes a fantastic plays, uh, and uh, yeah, he needs to be our shortstop every True. day. He's got plus. He has nine defensive runs saved as of like a couple days ago when I looked. Nine. And he has May. six. At, yeah, it's May. He has six at second base and three at shortstop already. He has nine. He's on pay like he he can have like twenty five defensive. He gets me sweating. Start and Ahmed still getting fucking days at shortstop and fucking. Mm. I know. So uh, pitching analysis: T Mac came out just absolutely dropped it on the table in Houston. Everything's bigger in Texas, and T Mac was no exception. He showed it for us um, against one of the best offenses in baseball too on the road in a tough stadium. You know to play in. Uh, you go seven innings, a three-hit ball, and the only run is a leadoff solo shot to Bregman in the bottom of the seventh. You only walk one, and you strike out three. Just drop it the fuck. Like, yep. what else can you literally ask for? <laughs> like, such a, an amazing offense, and you literally go seven innings, a three-hit, one-run ball, and walk one. I mean, holy hell. Through 95 pitches, 62 of them were for strikes, so just pounding the zone. Got nine ground outs and four fly outs, so he had everything working. You know, getting the ball, some you know, getting them to pop the ball up, uh, letting the defense work behind him, and he's just pitching with authority. Right now, he's just like, fuck you, I'm different. Um, Sandlin, Henches, and Classe combined for the final two innings, get the job done. And something just interesting that'll be a little bit of a storyline through this, Tito uses Classe in a non-save situation again. You know he's got to get work in sometimes, but it's kind of odd that you bring him in when you know you got a five-run lead and it's just yeah. But again, there's going to be a storyline here. So and uh, there's this cool little graphic that was tweeted out for T Mac. Say uh, the segment. Say the segment. Oh, it's Alex's special notes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but the cool Thank graphic you. tweeted out about Team Mac and his last four starts starting uh, May 1st through May 23rd. 26 and a third innings pitched, uh, 207 ERA, 20 strikeouts, and only six walks, which the six walks is what I fucking love to see because historically, going back to pre drop down last year, that's what his problem was. He had so many fucking walks and yep. six in a whole month. Love to see it. Yeah, he's just. Doing exactly what we know we could. I yep. just love it. So game two is Plesak versus Framber Valdez. Uh, Guardians coming to Tuesday night's game feeling pretty damn good after we stole game one in Houston. Um, didn't steal it as much as just, holy hell, how'd we win? For game two, Cleveland sends Plesak to the bump as we all watch with our hands over our eyes in fear. And after two very strong innings, I believe he was perfect through two. Two and two-third very strong innings. Okay, Plesak's luck runs out, and the Astros get the revenge taking game two. Quick line, Houston seven runs on nine hits and no errors. Cleveland three runs on seven hits and one error. Offensive highlights, top of the first, Jose has an incredible at-bat. He battles for 11 pitches, fouls off 10 in a row 
before getting a hanging cutter that he sent to Dallas, okay? He smoked this ball. It had Jorge Soler game six of the yeah. World Series, you know, moon blast vibes. And that's two home runs and two games for him. If Jose I mean, sees he, 11 pitches and then that bat, he's sending one. Yeah. He, you can't give one of the best players in baseball that many chances and that many looks at your stuff before he just absolutely wrecks your shit. He just, he sent this fucking thing. I don't know that it's landed yet. I mean, he just killed it. Yeah, uh, I think it's the technically fourth. a satellite now. Yeah, it's in orbit. <laughs> uh, bottom of the fourth, two outs. Plesak makes a throwing error on a pickoff throw to first. Ball goes into the stands. Runner moves to second. He then gives up an RBI double to Chaz McCormick on a ball to left field that Ahmed sort of flubs. Um, it's kind of tough. We never got a great camera angle, but it looks like a better defensive left fielder would have caught it. So the Astros lead it three to one. I do want to. I do want to start saying that the runner was on first because Plesac hit him, but it was bullshit because there was no attempt to get out of the way. Which the rule? Yeah, know, I saw that. I will was, say there was no attempt yeah. to get out of the way, which is complete bullshit. He should have never been on first to begin with. And it wasn't that far in that he couldn't do anything. Yep. It, yeah, I remember that one actually because I watched this game and, and it, it hit, hit him, him like in the elbow. knee. No, it hit him on his elbow. Oh, pad. it was a, on his elbow. It was an part. elbow pad. Yeah, and he, I, he, won't, he didn't lean into it, but he did not le- he, either. He didn't like, get oh. out of the way, which the rule states you have to attempt to get out of the way. Yep. So it's kind of so, bullshit, and I fucking hate it. Okay. Uh, bottom of the fifth, Plesak gives up back-to-back singles, and then with one out, gives up an RBI single to Jordan Alvarez. Um, Astros lead at 4-1, and then with two outs, he then gives up a three-run blast to Kyle Tucker. That blows the game wide open as Houston takes a 7-1 lead. Top of the sixth, Miles Straw, leadoff ground rule double, advances to third on an Ahmed ground out. Jose then brings him home via an RBI ground out, and the Astros still lead at 7-2. Top of the seventh, runners on first and second, one out. Hedges hits into what should have been an inning-ending double play, but Altuve's throw to first is high, uh, brings Gurriel off the bag, and it allows Mercado to score from second on the play. Um, just good, honestly, base running, uh, especially you know from Mercado. He thought a double play was going to go, and he he had to have been cooking because the ball didn't get thrown away. It just you know was high, so it pulled him off the bag. So he went second to home on that pretty quick. Astros still lead at seven to three. You know, that's how it stays, obviously. Um, Jose continues to be an extra base machine. He's got a double and a solo shot in this game. So he adds two more RBI to the series. And he's got six and two games. And he just carries this offense. As Jose goes, usually the offense does. Um, pitching let us down in this one. And I mean, scoring three runs is nothing impressive. But God damn it, Jose's a machine. Yeah. As of this morning, if I'm not mistaken, Jose has more extra base hits than strikeouts. You fucking heard that correctly. Uh, and it's, yeah. That's absurd. I, That's crazy. I was talking to Alex before about this book that I read called The Baseball 100, where it's talking about like baseball through the history while ranking the top 100 players. And uh, I was reading something about it. For seven consecutive, so there's for seven consecutive seasons, Ichiro led the league in singles. And is the only person to have over 200 singles in a season. And he did it twice. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> what what did they rank Ichiro at? Uh, they, so I haven't gotten into the rankings yet. It, it was just going through some of like the fun facts that they're, they're going to okay. go over. And like going over some of the crazy shit. Talking about Tony Gwynn, who 
uh, was never a power hitter, but has gotten intentionally walked more than almost anyone. And one year had more walks uh, than outs. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> Tony Gwynn was Excuse a machine. Me? Yeah. Yeah. Tony Gwynn was different. But anyone who like loves the like history of bears like us and like huge baseball nerds and loves like the history of the game. This book. Mwah. It was a New York Times bestseller, by the way. So flex. <laughs> so some key stats on this one, five strikeouts to one walk. So you love the strikeout number, like to see more walks than that, but we were hitting the ball. I mean, clearly not striking out a lot and not walking. So something has to happen. Uh, seven hits. Three of them were extra base hits. That's a good formula there. Um, oh, for five with runners in scoring position. I mean, that's not how you win ball games or put a lot of runs across. And we left five on base, you know, and only had eight total runners. So again, not not capitalizing there to to really do much. And then, as Paul said, no defensive highlights. Um, he put nothing too crazy happened defensively in this one. And that's what they the wrong- all say because I just copy and pasted it when nothing else happens. You did, and you put the wrong two. There's two O's in that. Um, so pitching analysis. <laughs> no comment. Nope, I'm used to it at this okay. point. Okay, I was kind of thought you were going to tell me to fuck off. Uh, <laughs> so pitching analysis, um, all good things must come to an end. Polisak was never going to cheat the Astros out of who you know what's theirs. Uh, this isn't the Tigers or the Reds. The Astros bang with the best of them. Started off looking pretty damn sharp in the first two innings, which were perfect. Um, but then it, you know it starts to fall apart. He gives up two in the third, one in the fourth. And then the dagger in the fifth, a three-run bomb. And then he ended up giving up another run in that inning. So um, the biggest thing is, you know, we were kind of talking about it on Twitter and people are commenting. And someone made a good point that the man cannot pitch out of the stretch. As soon as he gets runners on, he just absolutely falls apart. He's fine until that happens. Um, you know, he just worries way too much about the runner on first. And he tries to pick everybody off. And he's got a great move. Don't get me wrong. He, he does. It's the best, best moves in baseball. baseball. Yeah, I'd say it's the best move in baseball, but it's like it's just like this little thing in his ear, right? That he just worries too much about it, just like this little thing that irritates him, and he just gets way off track when he has runners on base. Um, you know, and, and all that he really has is his command going for him. He's got some good off-speed stuff, but he doesn't throw hard, and so when that falters, you know, he just gets smoked, and we've talked about it all year. Um, he got touched up against the Angels, Padres, and the Astros. And, you know, crazy what happens when you face good teams. You know, there's a pattern there. Um, And we need to seriously consider moving him to the bullpen. Quincy was one of the first people, you know, it's like, what do you do with him, right? Um, I put it out there that if you get lucky and, you know, how can you really complain if, you know, your number five gives you a a four-ish, low four-ish ERA? Yeah, you know, he's up and down and he gets lucky. But if he keeps getting lucky... Um, you know, maybe we accept it as our number five, but you know, Quincy thought he could be a bullpen weapon. Like you, you, you know what I mean? You can, this, he could throw harder, um, know that you're going to come out for an inning, maybe two. He's got the stuff and we need help in the bullpen. And we got young guys at triple a, um, you know, Pilkington's up, you got, uh, Peyton Battenfield, you got, you know, other guys that are coming through the system that you could give them a shot. I mean, Eli Morgan, has been really good, so give him a chance. At some point, we got to be like. I think Eli Morgan found his spot in the bullpen, though, because like if you remember, like yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I think he's perfect for like last, three innings. Last year, like we had him like start a couple games, and like he was all right. But I think that sweet spot is 
long relief role, maybe come in for two innings, three. Uh, but I think that I don't think you move, especially when someone's doing well, you don't want to move them. Like, I think he's yeah. comfortable. And I, you don't yeah. want to move someone when there's comfortable. And I, I agree. And, with and, that. and life and baseball and, and everything, like, one of the biggest things that I was taught early on is to be comfortable being uncomfortable, if that makes sense. But, um, so, but I think at this point, like he knows his role and he plays it perfectly. I would actually agree with that. I'm not as worried about getting him in the rotation just because he's just, he comes in and gives you three like perfect innings all the time. Now it's like, okay, you stay in your lane, little cutie. Like you're, you're killing it King. Yeah. Um, what if we did not to be the raise, but what if we like kind of knew that with Plesak, like get three innings out of him, and then if he gets in trouble, bring in Ple, you know, bring in Eli Morgan, like yeah. just kind of that gets plan you through on six, doing, five or six, yeah, that, yeah, like plan on doing that. But you know, Quincy brought up, you know, people are like DFA him and all that. That's ridiculous. Like he no, has Zach value. Plesak is still he's still a gamer and he still has stuff and he still wants the the biggest thing that I will say is that he doesn't just like you don't see him go out there and be like, well, I've given up and just give up. You know, like you can tell that yeah. like, like I, I said this, I think like two or three episodes ago, like he cares too much almost to a fault where he's like, he gives up a runner. He's like, nah, fuck that guy. He's not even supposed to be there right now. And he tries yeah. to like pick him off or, or he gets like, he tries to overthrow or he tries to, and then he leaves stuff hanging and, and, or he gives up a single and he's like, fuck. And then it's almost to a fault where like he gives too much of a shit. And yeah, it's cause he's such a, a competitive athlete and he sees himself. He doesn't, the dude, like from watching, watching him play, you can tell he's an athlete more than anything. He's an athlete before yep. he's a pitcher. And I think to a fault, like he's so competitive that it, he gets in his own head when he gives stuff up. And he's like, no, this isn't what it's like. I'm, I shouldn't be doing that. That's not what I need to do. And he needs to have that the mindset of like a pitcher or quarterback, like a quick memory. Like, ah, yep, I, I, I hit that guy. All right, cool. But move on. You know what I mean? Like my defense has me. Let's move on. And yeah. to, it, it seems like he's like, fuck. And. He's like, nah, I let my team down, but but like, it's baseball, dude. It happens all the time. And that's, yeah. but I fucking love that about him, and he's that's why I, I, it's hard for me to give up on someone when you can tell they give a shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's why I don't hate him. Like, if he wasn't a gamer that grinds out stuff where he gets blown up in early innings or barely works out of stuff, and then he gives you seven innings, and you're like, wait, what? If he didn't have that trait in him, I would be like, I'd hate him more than Ahmed. I'm just yeah. going to be completely honest. Like, but I like would he, hate he just, Zach Plesek. Like, he he goes out there, and he, like, he has that short memory, but it's between innings. It needs to be between batters. Yep. You know what I mean? Like he goes at he goes in the clubhouse, he's like, all right, cool. New inning, let's go. He needs to have that same mentality before batters. Where he's like, yep. all right, cool, that happened. All right, let's reset. Yeah. Which yeah. is a lot easier said than done, obviously. And but you know, move him to the bullpen, give some, you know, other people a chance. I mean, we'll talk about Aaron Savali's on the IL now. Um, so that's I don't, one more I, I don't and here you said 
sending him down to give someone in AAA a shot. I don't think you send him down. I don't even know if he has options. He does. He has options. He's got a bunch. But I don't think he stayed up ever since he got brought up in like 2019. I don't. I don't think remember. that's the move any either to send him down to AAA. I, maybe. Yeah, I think bullpen first. I, I, think, I think bullpen. Like maybe first. you do the Tristan McKenzie like experiment where you, like you send him down for like a month or like a couple weeks and see what he does when he comes back. But like you said, the dude's just a gamer, and I don't want like I. I like seeing I. I really like Zach Plesak, and I really like him in our rotation. I, and, like, yeah, he gets touched a little bit, but something he about him, man. a lot but against like, good teams. Something about him, I'm just like. In a perfect I, world, we build his trade value up, and then he's gone, um, honestly, because I just don't see him as part of the, like, future here. Really? Unless, oh, yeah. I mean, his analytics are, I mean, just terrible. And that's not the only reason, even the eye test. Like, he just gets smoked, and so – He's we have people coming up like Gavin Williams and, and Daniel Espino and, you know, Peyton Bat. Like we got a lot of dudes out here like we don't you know, the pitching factory is ready for the next set of guys. And I, I just he do I think you feel the, the same pen. way about Bieber then. What do you mean about like building up his trade value to get some of these guys up here? No, Bieber's our ace. Yeah, Be- but Be- Shane Bieber and Zach Plesac are not in the same conversation. No, but if you if you look at it right, like th- with all Shane Bieber's analytics are ticking down. Do you think? Yeah, but not like Zach Plesac. But, but Zach no, 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 no. Like, but what I'm saying is, I since they're ticking down, da- ticking down is like is his trade value like now, and then. No, or, that's why I said we got to build it back up. But Zach Plesak's analytics have been dog shit for like two or three years now. I mean, like it's ever since 2019, he came up and his analytics were pretty solid. And that's he had a good year. And then in 2020, remember he had that awesome shortened season. I'm 99% sure his analytics were still dog shit that year. It was just like, okay, you're getting really lucky. And I mean, he only started, what, 10 games in 2020? And then 2021, we saw what happened. He was a disaster and punched something and broke his hand. Because you did not break your thumb, like pulling your jersey off, you're full of shit. And then this year, it's the same stuff. We just watch, we're like, dude, you're getting lucky. Early season, cold games, flyouts are going to the warning track over and over. He faces good stuff, and then he gets blown up. And so I think we just reestablish his value in the bullpen. Maybe get a couple good starts. Hopefully he gets hot, and then you can build up some of that value and trade him away. Um, Because I just... At most, he's a number five. I I still like. Yeah, I don't don't have anything against him. It's just there's other talent that we got to sort through, and there's nothing to say like, dude, his stuff is incredible, but he's just off right now. You know what I mean? Like he's a command guy, which is great. You need guys like that, but when it doesn't work, you get crushed, and he's getting crushed. So four and two third innings, nine hits, a walk, and seven earned runs. So, um. And then after that, De Los Santos ending in a third, a perfect relief. Ghosts, perfect inning, a relief. Eli Morgan, perfect inning, a relief. So bullpen comes in and gives you three and a third of, you know, just picks it up. But too much damage was done. So game three, speaking of that damage, or speaking of Aaron Savali, um, we learned before the game on Wednesday that, um, you know, Aaron Savali was placed on the 15-day IL with sore left glute a sore left glute and uh left-handed pitcher Connor Pilkington was recalled from triple a Columbus finally getting a to, left uh, rotation. Yeah. To make that start on uh Thursday for the first game against the Tigers. So uh Quantrill versus Javier guardians come into Wednesday night's game prepared to try and steal a series win against the red hot, 
Red Hot Astros on the road. They send Big Daddy Dick Cal Quantrill to the bump to try and get things done. Quantrill pitches like he always does with another quality start, but the bats could not get it going as the Guardians drop game three and lose the series. So quick line, Houston, two runs on seven hits, no errors. Cleveland, one run on four hits and one error. Um, Offensive highlights, not a lot here. Our first six out in this game were strikeouts. Pretty much tells you everything you need to know about our offense in this one. Uh, Ahmed struck out twice in the two hole. Uh, two hole, sorry, in the two hole. Our four through seven hitters each struck out twice. Uh, we didn't even get our first hit until the top of the fifth when Ernie Clement got a broken bat flare to left field. Michael Brantley hits a sack fly in the bottom of the fifth, which broke open the game. You know, with a well, broke it open. You know, broke the scoreless tie, one nothing. Jose gets his 11th double of the year and third of this series in the top of the sixth. Man's a machine. Bottom of the sixth, two bang-bang plays back-to-back at first. Both originally were called out. Both get challenged by Houston and both get overturned. That was kind of wild. I want to say that both of these are kind of on... Well, I I won't say both. One of them's on Ernie Clement. Ernie Clement... um, Decided to like double clutch on on a throw and, and it just took way too much time. Um, I thought Jimenez made both these plays. I mean, Jimenez threw it to Ernie Clement at second. These were both at first. These were both balls that got they were both at first. they were both debatable double plays. Oh, okay. I, I guess I'm misremembering. Yeah, and um. Like the one Jimenez took his time flipping to second, and then Ernie Clement made a decent throw, but it was too late. And then the other one um, was Ernie Clement just took his time with the flip, so or with the with the turn. It just uh, it was they were slow plays that that you need to be quicker on. Yeah. Um, uh. So, yeah, it was just kind of wild, back-to-back plays. And then there was a third bang-bang play later that inning at first, and he the guy got it right, the the ump did, and Hammy was just like, oh, man, he feels like he's about a foot tall right now. If he gets this <laughs> one wrong, you know, he's going to take the rest of the week off or something. Um, but the Astros score two in this one. Um, then top of the seventh, two outs, runners on second and third. Uh, Tito doesn't pinch hit for Austin Hedges. So we're all like, okay, it's a it's a 2-0 game. So that's awesome. Why are we letting Austin Hedges hit when a base hit, you know, will tie the game? Um, but he ends up walking. But during his at-bat, uh, Astros reliever Naris throws a wild pitch that scores Naylor from third. So we do get on the board. And then um, oh, st- covering, Josh Naylor can't catch a fucking break. No nah, man, this dude this gets dude, beat up. Yeah, so somehow it was it, there was nothing intentional that happened, but like the pitcher came running in, and when when Naylor slid, his helmet came off, and the pitcher accidentally kicked it, and it hit Naylor in the face. Then like he got up like grimace. Obviously, you just got a helmet to the fucking dome. He came up grimacing, yeah. like holding his face. I was like, oh fucking great, here we go. Like the dude cannot catch a break to save his life. No, he cannot. Um. He just gets beat up. He yeah. got hit in the funny bone with a pitch the other day, which we didn't talk about that. This man gets hit with it, starts like high stepping and he's grabbing it. And then he like runs down the first base line, runs down the like, you know, the right field line or the, you know, into the outfield, like, I don't know, 20, 30 feet. And he's just hopping, hopping, hopping. And then he starts smacking it. And then he just starts smiling like a crazy person. Yeah. 
It's like, just run it off, run it off. <sighs> like, it's like when you get hit, like when you get hit hard in the nuts and you're like, I just need to walk this off. And you just like decide to like walk a marathon. And it's like, just, it's not helping at all. Yeah. <laughs> but this man has a little bit of that crazy in him, like in a good way where he's just like, Oh yeah, I fucking love it. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> hit me again. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. It's like those videos yeah. you see of like power lifters that are about to hit like a huge deadlift and like their yeah. trainer or teammate comes up and just slaps the shit out of them in the face. And you're like, yeah. Whoa. Okay whoa, there, okay. buddy. That's like, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's easy calm down girl. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Easy girl. Whoa. <laughs> um, so key stats, 12 strikeouts to three walks uh, again with the strikeouts. And got this diced. is, this is like one of the, only games I remember this season of double digit strikeouts. Yeah, we had some earlier on, but I mean, like, this we is don't strike out, out a lot. Like the, the yeah, like the, we have past, the least like, amount of strikeouts in the entire like all of MLB. Like we, as a team. we've been just hitting the ball, and like it sucks because we're not making hard contact. We don't have a lot of power on our team, but like, oh, like small ball's a thing, and, and and it can work, but not when you strike out twelve times. That's not the move. Yep, we have we strike out the least of all of baseball. Yeah, and we so uh, we talked all the about games, it last episode times. with our with our the out of like the well, it was like the top the whiff rates. Yeah, yeah we got like we five, had like players, five in the, players in like the top ten or top fifteen, or top twenty, or something, something like that. Yeah, and I mean that that's gonna it's a it's a good it's not the best recipe for success. But it's a good recipe for success. Like you're hitting the ball, it's something's going to happen eventually. Would you, you, you hear me say it? I haven't said it a lot this this season, but bat on yeah, ball yeah, and good things happen. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, you'll find so we got diced in this. Yeah, one. you'll find green and, and you'll start getting more hits. But just keep hitting the ball and you'll be fine. Get a nasty slider like a way just breaking stuff. Yeah, yeah that, the their starter struck out six in a row, and like when that happens. He struck out nine, Mom. which tied his season high. I remember, I remember that very vividly, and then got pulled. Mom, I'm not having fun. Yeah, pick and, me up. <laughs> I don't want to say the night anymore. Yeah, like uh, he had a filthy slider that moved away, and, and like so many ugly swings and misses. He got Jose a couple times too, which is surprising. Like Jose had a couple really bad swings, and I'm like, ooh, that's how you no know strikeouts this. though, because he's different. I was like, ooh, that's how you know this shit's dirty. Yeah, because he doesn't swing and miss hardly ever. Yeah, four hits. I mean, what are you going to do with four hits? Uh, one extra base hit. Again, it's kind of a moot point. Zero for four with runners in scoring position, and we left six on base and only had seven base runners. So yep. again, you score one run on a wild pitch. Um, all these stats do not add up. Um, and then again, no defensive highlights. So pitching analysis. Cal Quantrill continues to do Cal Quantrill things. Six innings, a two-run ball. He did give up six hits and four walks. So. You know, some some base runners out there, but he's a gamer too. Um, you know, he struck out three, not the sharpest stat line, but overall a great outing. I mean, you ran into trouble a few times. I think in the third, off the top of my head, bases loaded, worked out of it because he's different. Um, oh, yeah, it was next to my notes. I was going off of my head and I put it there. Yeah, two outs, bases loaded in the bottom of the third, gets out of it. Um, the, the Astros have an incredible offense again. Um, and he gave you a net, another quality start. So you just can't ask for much more. And when Cal's on the mound, you know what you're going to get. That's what we just love about him. I mean, I think he's just a solid number three. Um, I think at times I said he could be a two. 
kind of seeing him more. I don't think he has the stuff to be a two. He could pitch like a two. Don't get me wrong, but he's just like a really fucking good number three. Yeah. Like a really good number three that on a lesser staff would be like a two, honestly. Um, if he had even better stuff or more velocity, he would be a two. Like Keebs, um, T-Mac, Cal? Mm. Mm. Whoops. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean... What what else can you ask for? Uh, Trevor Steffen finally bounces back with a clean inning, a relief of, um, in the seventh against, uh, again, Astros. And then Brian Shaw strikes out three in the eighth with a scoreless inning, a relief, and a higher leverage, you know, one-run game. So I God was, bless I him, was but. sitting here watching the game yesterday at home with my roommate. And uh, Brian, they brought when they called Brian Shaw in yesterday, little spoiler alert, I was like, ah, yeah. oh, shit. And he's like, what? I was like, fucking Brian Shaw's in. <laughs> I did the same thing. And Taylor's like, what? He's like, wasn't she on the team? Wasn't he on the team forever ago? And I was like, yes. He's been on the team literally. Go back 100 years. Probably Brian Shaw. When we were the Cleveland Spiders, yeah. he was pitching on this team. Yeah. God bless him. God fucking Yeah, one pitch, Brian, one out. We'll talk about that later. Bring out your walker straw. But Yeah. Um, so overall, you know, it was amazing to get the win on Monday because it was like we said. Just we said just off. don't get swept. I mean, and we knew we weren't going to when we recorded last Monday because the game was already like pretty much over. And we started talking about it a little bit, <laughs> but yeah, like you, you drop two to the Astros, you're it's not the end of the world. What you do need to do is beat the Tigers, though, and you get four against them on the road. So that's like okay. You know, you don't get swept. You wish you could, you know, if you if you steal a series win on the road, you'd be amazed. But, you know, let's let's beat up the Tigers then. Spoiler alert, we don't because we kind of suck right now. Um, and if that makes you really sad, like it makes me really sad, well, then you should consider BetterHelp. And I'm going to tell you all about it. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, BetterHelp is here to help. Everyone goes through tough times. Everyone has stuff they're dealing with. We've preached about the importance of mental health several times before as it relates to athletes, our listeners, and even ourselves. Paul and I are no strangers, and I know I'm certainly not. In the summer of 2020, I started having a little bit of depression and anxiety issues for the first time in my life. But I took the leap, I reached out to a therapist, and got the help that I needed. And man, I'm glad that I did. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. Talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. BetterHelp's network includes a broad range of expertise from their more than 20,000 therapists, which gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. Finding the right therapist is one of the most important parts in making sure you get the help that you need. It's going to be easy, guys. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. It's that quick. Then, you're going to schedule a secure video and phone session. Even better, you can exchange unlimited messages with your therapist, and everything you share is completely confidential. BetterHelp knows that it's scary to reach out and take that first step for your mental health, so they make it as easy as possible for you. You can request a new therapist at any time at no additional charge, which is a game changer, helping you find the right therapist for your needs. So, go ahead and join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. And you know Paul and I were going to hook you up. BetterHelp was kind enough to create a special offer for 216 baseball listeners. We're going to get you 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash 216 baseball. Again, that's BetterHelp.com slash the numbers 216 
baseball. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. And now, back to the show. I don't know about you, but after that ad read, I definitely want to take charge of my mental health. So shout out to BetterHelp again for sponsoring this episode. And, you know, everybody has stuff, all jokes aside. So there's there's no stigma. Yeah. And I just throw it out there again. I go to therapy once a month. I had a session last month or last week. Excuse me. Shout out to Dr. Roth. What are you going to do? <laughs> you know, just get just keep stuff tuned up. Even yeah. when nothing's going on, my life's basically perfect just keep stuff tuned up man there's a lot of pressure in life so uh get the help you need code 216 baseball i realized last episode we said 216 baseball pod but it's just 216 baseball and i was like we're professionals yeah move screwed up code 216 baseball everyone makes all right so game everybody has those days but we're not singing the song again we're not that was last episode that's like a once a month thing yeah so game one um on thursday uh prior to this some moves. And yeah. we got some rumors from Justin Lotta, who runs Guardians Baseball Insider, amazing resource. Make sure you go check him out. That they got some rumors ahead of time, and he kind of broke it that it looked like uh, Oscar Gonzalez was going to get called up. Um, but we ended up getting a ton of moves. So Cleveland Guardians announced uh, prior to the game, like midish afternoon, that they had recalled Connor Pilkington from AAA Columbus. We already knew that was going to happen. Um, they recalled outfielder Richie Palacios from AAA. Hell yeah. And they selected the contract of Oscar Gonzalez from AAA Columbus. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. They placed uh, outfielder, that's generous, uh, Framil Reyes on the 10-day IL, <laughs> which we knew that he was having issues with uh, like some hamstring stuff at the end of the Astros series. So um, that makes way for Richie Palacios. But Oscar Gonzalez was not on the 40-man, so that requires moving somebody off the 40-man to select Oscar Gonzalez's contract. We designated Yu Chang for assignment. Bye-bye, so, you. Yep, bye-bye, you. I made a hilarious meme. People liked it of, like, the Grim Reaper meme, and I put on the doors uh, Bradley Zimmer's face, Logan Allen's face, Bobby Bradley's face, Yu Chang, and then up next I put Oscar Mercado. I swear so to God, a- to everyone who said Austin Hedges, kill yourself. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, Paul, I took that personally. I did. So it's exciting. It's really exciting to see Richie Palacios yeah, come back up. I, I, I love this kid's approach. I love them letting kids, just letting kids play. Oscar Gonzalez, again, we talked about it. And I and prior to this, you know, people were like, yeah, it's good. Everyone said, hey, he's beating the crap out of the ball. But a lot of people were like, hey, I'm skeptical. Someone that just never walks, all that. And I've said it before. I, I get that concern. But he doesn't bat 240 like Bobby Bradley does. The dude hits like 280, 290. And so, we have people yeah. who walk a lot. We have people that see the ball very well. We need power. We need pop. Like, yeah, we have motherfuckers again, that, that sit there, don't strike out, and, and get on base and and – walk and stuff so like you know what sometimes you need someone you that'll got, put it in the seat you got some coverage you know what i mean like yeah you, 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 he sandwich has a him, you sandwich him between two people that can get on base mm. drive him in yeah and he's kind of fast too we learn in the series but my opinion is like if you Seems can big. hit like not like like tall no he's strong as shit yeah. though holy hell man he's strong but here's the thing if you're hitting 290, it's not like 240 again. You're hitting 290. So, yeah, he has a 308 on base, which means he never really walks. But the motherfucker can hit. Yeah. And so, like, I will take that all day. Is it a perfect slash line? No. But if you hit 275, have a 300, 305 on base, and then a 500 slugging, 
Yes, please. Like, I will get over that. Is it perfect? No. Another thing about him is he he strikes out at a league average clip. So he doesn't, like, strike out a ton, never walk, you know, but hits for power, a.k.a. the Bobby Bradley special. He hits for average, he hits for power, and he strikes out an average amount to even this year in AAA. He was at, like, a 15% clip, which is awesome. That's way below league average. So you hit the ball hard, really hard, and you hit for average. Good things are going to happen. So... I'm not down on him at all. If you can hit, you can hit. And he shows he can. And I'm glad. I just was never as skeptical as other people. Like The dude rips I, the I just, cover I, off the ball. The, like, yeah, we need that. Smokes. And Franmiel, I think this is a perfect thing for him because we're making good time and we got a lot to talk about. So <laughs> Franmiel, one, get better. I know yeah, he was like, having some issues. Hamstrings, two weeks, this, get better, dude. This gives him the opportunity in a low pressure, low mental scenario to go back through and do a rehab assignment in AAA. Maybe you let him yeah. cook down there a little bit longer, but it's not like you're punished for sending you down. This is like you were injured, so it's an excuse to take a break, rehab, and then let him rehab maybe more games than he really needs to. So it's not like a mental thing, like you're punishing me. Oh my God, I suck. Like, let's get him right. Let's get the swing and the approach figured out and get him back up here healthy because we're missing half of our firepower right At now. At what like, point, if if Framwell comes back and he doesn't, and it's not fixed, right? Mm-hmm. At what point do we say like, bro, you keep him through this entire year based on the track record. Yeah. But you limit his playing time then. You know what I mean? Because like right he, now he's batting start... 195, I think, yeah. from your DH. You start cutting into his playing time. If he just can't get it going, yeah. you know, you give him more days off, keep him on the bench. But I give him this entire year. Which and it's I, just and because, I, I, like, I don't want it to come across as I don't like Fran Mail because I do. He's a huge clubhouse guy. He's always, like, full of energy, even when he's down slumping hard, which he has been all year. He's had a couple weeks where he's like up and then back down. Um, mm-hmm. Even when he's slumping, he's still he's still with the guys. He's still super energetic, super happy. He's still getting people up, and he's in the middle of everything. He's not like off in the corner of the dugout, like fuck. But yeah. um, I don't know. a designated hitter hitting one ninety five is different than me loving Austin Hedges hitting one sixty five, one seventy. Because Austin yeah. Hedges still plays defense, yeah. elite defense, and and is a is also a crucial part of why our pitchers are good. And and his value is more than just being an a, a being in the box and being a, a batter. Yeah. But when your sole job is to hit the ball and you're batting one ninety five, like it's different. It's tough. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you get this whole year, even if he never gets right, yeah. you give him the entire year, and you just start limiting playing time. Because, again, the track record. Like, it's not like he did it for three months. I just don't year. want got I don't want people saying, like, oh, why does Paul want Fran Marbier is not a part of this team? I'm like, that's not it. I just don't want a designated hitter that's hitting 195. And and he didn't sign his – Oh, no, I He didn't it. sign an extension this year because he wanted more money. Or he didn't sign his ARB stuff because he wanted more money. And yeah, but I mean, to be fair, every player, every, does that. yeah, like, like it, it's a normal thing, but like, I just might just fucked yourself, bud. Yeah. Um, 
but no, super exciting to see Oscar Gonzalez. Yu Chang, we love him as a person. Yeah. He is a quadruple A player. Um, a lot of people agree that with just regular playing time and a, and a system that can give that to him, that he could develop into more of a major league player. But he was kind of, you know, someone said a spring trading and merchant. Spoiler alert, it makes me he gets laugh. picked up by the Pirates. Which is yeah. like, which is hilarious because everybody jokes because like they pick Cle- up our scraps is like all the time. The Pirates are like Cleveland's farm team dropouts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Literally, they've had they had Robo, they had Greg Allen for a second after New York, they had Eric Gonzalez. Now they had you. Like it's everybody like photoshopped that before any whispers happened of anything. Yeah. And he, then he got picked up, and it was so. It's funny. like when you're like playing like on a travel can, ball team and you're not like good enough to make that travel ball team, but then you make like another one that's just not as good. Yeah. It's just funny that everybody like Lamoli and people were like photoshopping it like just wait, it's gonna happen. And then it happened. Like, <laughs> oh my god, you can't make this shit up. It's so fucking funny. So wish the best to him. Yeah. Um but seems it's like just a super really nice guy and it's super like Hot boy always, hair. yeah. Always smiling, and well, he had a kid last year, I think, and yeah, a year or two ago, yeah, yeah. just like, good guy. Seems like a family guy, and, and just like is always smiling, having a good time, kind of like that Francisco Lindor effect, but just not nearly as good. Yeah, just you can't get in the room. But I will say again, breath of fresh air that literally no more Bradley Zimmer, no more Bobby Bradley, no more Logan Allen, no more Yu Chang. Like we're moving through the crap. Like, yeah, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be rude, but like, yeah, we're, we're just cutting through, through the, the junk and, and the, the, the dead weight. It's like when you when you when you go to look for something in your junk drawer and you're like searching for it, and you're like, fuck this. And you just completely reorganize all of it. That's where we're at right now. Yeah. Yeah. And so great to see Oscar Gonzalez come up. So game one, after all that commentary, because it's important. Connor Pilkington versus Scuba, Scuba, Scuba. Alex's <sighs> favorite pitcher. Yep, Guardians coming to Thursday afternoon's game, just happy to be playing. As everyone thought, this one was going to get rained out. Luckily, the rain cooperates, stopping around 5 p.m., um, and then so we're able to get the game in. Um, gives us the chance to get back in the win column after we dropped the series finale to the Astros and obviously lost that series. They're in Detroit, so they got a chance to beat up a bad team and get some cheap wins. Connor Pilkington gets his second start of the year as Savali goes on the IL, like we said. He gets roughed up from start to finish in this one, but he limits the damage. Bullpen locks things down until the ninth when Stefan gives up a walk-off hit to Miggy, so big sad. Quick line, Detroit four runs on nine hits and one error. Cleveland three runs on eight hits and no errors. Offensive highlights here. Tigers came out of the gates just ready to go um, and just wore Pilkington down with the small ball. He gave up two runs on four singles, a double, and two walks in the first two innings alone. So uh, what is that? Seven base runners in two innings. So um, pretty lucky he left it to two runs. Um, And then top of the third, Mercado leadoff single, followed by a Luke Maley RBI double down the left field line. Mercado goes all the way from first to home. We know Comerica Park has like some of the deepest outfield dimensions in baseball. I mean, it's just like a, it's crazy how big that ballpark is um, and the way it plays. Old Tiger so, Stadium was uh, worse. Yeah, it's just, that thing is just vast. Um, so the Guardians still trail at three to one, but Luke Maley's success season continues. 
Still the top of the third, two outs. Owen Miller, 0-2 count, runners on second and third. Golfs a ball to left center field, uh, gets both runners home, just clutch-ass hitting down 0-2. Because um, we, we're all sitting there like, one swing of the bat, and it's tied at three apiece, and then he gets down 0-2, and it's like, ugh. And then daddy came through, baby, 3-3, three, three, brand new game. Uh, and bottom so, of the something ninth, I've noticed about Owen Miller, how, how most people's power zone is like up, up, in that way you can turn on it he loves low pitches and loves golf and i feel like yeah well and this one wasn't he hit it pretty hard it was kind of i didn't know how to classify it because it wasn't a line drive and it wasn't really a grounder it was and it wasn't really a floater but it was just kind of like he kind of hit it hard and he kind of didn't i spent like just like a i want to spend like three minutes trying to type it it was just it was a good it was a good just placement hit. hit where you're like, okay, yeah. I need I need something in the gap to score two. And he got one low that he he could see that he could turn on and just golfed it and and placed it perfectly. Yeah. He's it's good to see him because he's been a little bit cooler lately to 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 get a big hit. After there. last so, year, I'm so glad Owen Miller's doing well. Just I don't know where he fits in our future. Yeah. I mean, you love the bat and stuff, but it's just like we need to him to play like left field. Yeah, people were talking about maybe we see Owen Miller play the outfield, honestly, because like, and then at that point you're like, okay, now now we're messing around. Like now you got a good bat out. Yeah, there. now my summer body's um, out. Yeah, it's over for you, bitches. Yeah. But I also like. I mean, he does. He's not a I, he, him being in the cleanup is way too much pressure on him, and he's just not a cleanup type. Hitter. I feel like he's a good five so, hole spot. But what, but like yeah, and so you when when he was hot, you had to put him there because Fran Mill wasn't doing anything. Yeah, but everyone keeps saying like flip Naylor and Miller, like but Naylor hits the ball on the ground more. I think people were saying so then you know double plays. But I I think Naylor's ready for the for the cleanup, and I would like to see Owen at the five. Jo- Josh Naylor, like because he also one walks. thing that I've noticed about Josh Naylor a lot. Besides no batting gloves, which is the cr- no. Did you, so the man's did nuts. you see that when he when he went to Detroit, he started wearing batting gloves again? Oh, he did. Whenever he start not slumping, but whatever he noticed, like I'm not hitting the ball that much anymore, changes it up. He's very yeah. self conscious about it. Like, and baseball players are superstitious to their core. Like, even when I was playing travel ball and high school ball, I had the same routine I did every day. Like for games, like pregame, I I threw with the same person every day. And like all this little stuff that I did and baseball players are like that. Like if something's not going right, like, ah, I'm not wearing batting gloves, put on batting gloves. That's a problem. Oh yeah. God, how, how, how stupid of it. Yeah. How can I, how can I not wear batting gloves? Like, I don't want to call them therapists or psychiatrists, but like, no, they do. Coaches like, I think they're performance. Yeah. Performance coaches. And they're, they're like, yeah. And they keep you, they're like, Hey, what are you doing right now? Because your your numbers are up. What like what's your routine? And they're like, keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. No performance coaches are like for the Olympics yeah. and for executives. You know, like business. I mean, they're 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 therapists, but they just help like sharpen people to like the core. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. So, um, uh, I got off track there. I'm sorry. So yeah, bottom of the nine tie game. 
Uh, one out. Jonathan Scope hits a one out double that gets cut off by Straw. If Straw doesn't get there, and Straw loves that little like sliding play, he makes that like once a game. Any excuse he can to like come in hot and slide on his ass and like block a ball, he does it. Um, he, and if it gets past him, that's probably an inside the park home run. Scope is not fast, but that how big that outfield is. I don't know if it's an inside the park been. home run because it's a Mer- triple walking. It, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a stand up triple because Mercado was there and he was there to back yeah. it up. So I think Mercado would have been able to, cause he was taking a deeper angle. So I think Mercado yeah. would have been able to cut it off and hold him to a triple. But, but I'm saying way, if neither of them get to, that, Oh yeah, it's a, it's a, you can yeah. say that about um, any ball that gets hit in a gap. If no one gets to it. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, so a wild pitch by Stefan moves scope over to third, and then Miggy walks it off with the base hit to center field. He's Miguel Cabrera. Kind of frust- yeah, because he is kind of frustrating. They didn't just walk him to face Javi Baez, who has stuff. You know, we talk about it. Like, you know, he's, he's a major league hitter. He's cold all but year. He's ice cold, and he's such a douche. I hate yeah. him. I'm so glad. We he t- sucked. Well, I knew that's it. something else I, I knew talked about during the game with my roommate yesterday. When we were watching it, I was like, God, I fucking hate Javier Baez. And he was like, what? Yeah, he's, he's, like, he's such a fucking douche. Yeah, he is. Um, so it's kind of frustrating. They didn't just Anyone walk Anyone that Mickey, wears like, sunglasses yeah. while they're batting, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, he's older right but he's still hitting like 290 on the, it's me yeah. like clutch I, I mean he's got ice he's all first ballot hall of fame or maybe unanimous probably is like go to javi bias what do you have to lose you could lose the game then or lose the yeah. game now and you know could have should have woulda but it kind of scratch your head a little bit like why even pitch to mickey there um and which, then oscar gonzalez on, and stefan came on for that right yeah which sucks he's still struggling yeah oscar gonzalez and his major league debut goes two for four with a single and a double both balls were scolded i think he hit one like 114 miles off i think that was his double the kid's just strong as fuck he just scolds balls i want to kind of fast i want to go back to the intentional walk thing i think that's something like there's not a right answer like no, it, it it's armed. It's you know Monday morning quarterback. Yeah, like, they're like you know. in the moment. There's not a right answer. Even now, like thinking about it, like armchair quarterback hindsight twenty twenty. I don't. Well, he had one out too, so you could set up the double play. True, and, and who who if you say Javi Baez or Miggy, one of them could beat you with a sack fly. Who do you pitch to? You pitch to Javi. Yeah, you. I, but like at, at the same time, you're putting Trevor Stever. Trevor Stephan in there and you want to bet on your I don't it's weird. I I don't know. Strategically, I think you put Miggy yeah. on for the double play and you know, a high strikeout guy, so no sack fly to win it. You know, there's a couple ways they could have beaten us there. And, you know, they beat us with Miggy. So key stats, six strikeouts, one walk. Um, not much there. Would like to see us walk a little more, but again, we just don't strike out a lot. Eight hits, two for extra bases, so not hitting the ball super hard, but getting some hits. Um, one for five with runners in scoring position, not great. Um, you know, not a lot of opportunities, but didn't weren't particularly clutch. And we left five on base, um, had nine total base runners, so not too much to say about that either. Again, no defensive highlights. Pitching analysis, uh, keep this moving. Pilkington really struggled in this one. I mean, seven hits and four walks and only three and a third, so he had a track meet out there. Uh, struck out four. The biggest problem he had was just command. He threw a decent amount of strikes, 56%. So not great, but I mean, 
you know, more strikes than balls there, but he was just all over the place yeah. and he couldn't consistently put guys away, which was his issue in that first inning or so with a Blue Jays start on Mother's Day. Um, he would get them down or near and then it was just like, all right, next thing you know, it's a full count and then he's walking them and it's just, you're never going to be successful like that. And I mean, he made 87 pitches and three and a third. So yikes. Um, and again, seven hits, four walks against one of the worst offenses in baseball. It's just not a good look. I still like him. There's going to be growing pains, but I mean, it was a clunker. And then De Los Santos comes up big in the fourth inning, comes in bases loaded one out after Pilkington gets pulled, gets out of it, no damage, and gives you almost two full innings of clean relief. So yeah, daddy's back. And then Eli Morgan comes in and just dices up the Tigers. Three innings of perfect relief with three strikeouts. Um, and then again, we talked about Trevor Steffen continues to struggle. He gives up a one out double and then, you know, the game tying or game winning hit to, to Mickey. So, um, Quincy, I will say, talked to me about this and said he watched some of it back in both series that he struggled and feels like maybe he's tipping pitches or something because he's like, the hitters just look really comfortable. Like they already know what's coming, like just their whole demeanor. And that would make sense because the stuff looks good. His stuff hasn't really changed. It's just people are hitting it, so maybe he is tipping and pitches. There was a because, like you said, there was the one out double that Stefan gave up, and I, Luke Maley did. I don't want to say a a bad job, but he didn't do a good job at blocking a ball that got spiked a little bit. He yeah he put his chest in front of it, but it hit his shoulder. And it bounced off to the right. That's why there was a runner on third instead of a runner on second. And and making and he it probably doesn't off. score on that base hit. Yeah, it wasn't. And, and it was shallow center. It's one of those things where, I'll be honest with you, Hedges stops that. Hedges Hedges keeps that in front of him. And it's one of those things where it's it's four feet of difference. The ball being right in front of you at home plate, or the ball being down the first baseline a little bit, is a huge deal. You, and it's one of those things where he tried to scoop it. He got his chest in front of it, but he tried to pick it at the same time. You got to get to your knees and you got to like hunch over to keep it in front of you there. And yeah, a better it def- was a crazy pitch. Yeah, you know, it was a wild a, a pitch. It defen- wasn't a pass. A ball. better defensive catcher is keeping that in front of you. Uh, yeah. And and that he's still solid behind the plate though. Yeah, but I'll give you that. That he, hedges hedges does stop that ball. And it's it's. I'm pushing my agenda more. Yeah. I thought there was more coming there. No. I thought you were going to like go on a rant. But no. I like Maley. I go. I mean, the bad has been crazy. I, I go on um, my rants about Austin Hedges almost every episode. Everyone at this point knows that I love him. The defense is gets my rocks off. Um, and yeah. he's been walking more. And I don't know. He hasn't. He has been striking out yeah. more as well. Yeah, he offensively he's back in the toilet lately. Yeah. Honestly, it's it's been bad. So game two was supposed to be Friday. Um, and he knows he's in the issue. toilet. Like, oh yeah, he absolutely does. And hearing him talk on the rose rotation, like he knows he's an offensive liability. And what like yeah. one of the things that here we go, we're getting myself going again. One of the things is like he doesn't. Nobody wants to be an offensive liability, but like he. He takes it not personally, but you can tell like it bothers him. He's like, I don't want to fucking do that to my guys. Like he like want like it's it's like I was talking about with um please sack. Like he wants to be there for his teammates. He wants to be 
He wants yeah, to help. I think every player does. Yeah. But I get what you're saying. There are some people that really wear it and stuff. Yeah. No, I know. But yeah, he's been a he's been real bad at the plate lately. Um, so we thought Thursday and Friday, you know, the rain was going to be an issue. Thursday, like I said, happy you got it in. Friday didn't happen. Um, the Guardians never tweeted out about it. The Tigers did, and they retweeted their tweet. I thought that was kind of funny. You know, tonight's game's been postponed due to inclement weather, and it'll be made up as a sec as the second game of a split doubleheader on July 4th at 6.40 p.m., following the originally scheduled game at 1.10. So, um, eighth rain out of the year, crazy. So, game three, Bieber versus Fiedo. Uh Guardians coming to Saturday afternoon's game, itching to play some ball after their eighth postponement on Friday evening. They've played the least amount of games in all of baseball up to this point. They send their ace, Shane Bieber, to the mound to try to snap their three-game skid, get things back on track. Bieber dominates the Tigers. The bats wake up, and we get a nice win for my birthday, Flex. Um, Cleveland, eight runs on 11 hits, no errors. Detroit, one run on 10 hits and one error. Offensive you know highlights. Sad? There's never what? baseball on my birthday. There never is. Never, Christmas Never, baby. ever baseball on my birthday. I always have baseball at my birthday, yeah, I know. usually, because it's always around Memorial Day. And random, eh, I'll talk about it later. Um, so top of the fourth, Jose Ramirez steals his fifth bag of the year. He's just so good at stealing bags when the team needs him to and to get things going. Um, Hammy brought it up on the radio, and it made me think. Like, he never really steals to steal, but he always just, like, gets one when we need one from him. It's like, you know he's going to do it, and I think the other team does, and he's almost always successful. Yeah. Just a really smart base runner. Um, and his aggressiveness pays off. Naylor smokes an RBI double off the base of the wall in right center. Uh, I mean, he cooked this ball. He watched it, too. Off the bat, he thought it was gone for about a split second. Um, but Those batting that gloves, gets us baby. on the He wears all-white batting yeah. gloves, too. I don't know if anyone else noticed it, but, like, I, that's things that I picked off of on, and then like, um, oh, who am I thinking of? He played second base for us in like 2016. Kipnis? Yeah, Jason Kipnis wore all red batting gloves. I think Ahmed wears all red batting yeah. gloves too. Just um, like weird stuff that I pick up on. Yeah. So Oscar Gonzalez then smokes a single to left, moves Naylor up to third, and then Palacios has a great at-bat, slaps a single to left. That brings home Naylor. And I just love Palacios' approach at the plate. He goes up there, and kind of in contrast to Quan, who just plays defense and is just down bad right now, Palacios goes up there and still wants to hit. Like, he's not scared to hit. And he puts up goods at, good at-bats. And I just What I, like I notice about Palacio is that he he takes what he's given. He, he doesn't... Yep. He doesn't he goes out and attacks the ball, and if the ball's away, he'll he'll take it away. If and if it's inside, he'll he'll take it that way and he'll pull it. But he he takes what's given to him, and, and it's it's good to see. You know that that's an ex, it's a successful recipe. Yeah. So everybody kind of doing their part in this one as we take a two nothing lead. Top of the seventh, base is loaded, one out. Jose steps to the plate. Everyone cowers in the wake of his greatness. They have to pitch to him. He smokes a ball down the first base line into right field corner. It's a bases clearing triple to blow the game open. Guardians now lead it 5-0 because Jose is just different. Naylor brings Jose home on a two-out single to center field, making it 6-0. Love to see that. And then top of the ninth, Jose blasts a two-run shot to right field. It was a fucking... That thing was probably 30 rows up. Yeah. It was a moonshot. 
Eight one Guardians. It stays that way. Um, you know and this what I noticed the Jose about show. Jose? Doesn't what? really bat flip. Just sets. The, no, he's he very just, just like down. he just kind of drops it. Yeah. Like I, I, I like good. it, but I kind of don't. Like, yeah, I love bat flips. Put a little flair yeah, on it, maybe. On. Like, you don't have to. Oh, we're gonna. You get, don't have to flip it when, to the moon, but like, when George Valera gets here, we're gonna get all the. Bat I love flips. bat flips. He's gonna get. He's gonna get plunked all oh, the time yeah. because George Valera is so disrespectful with his bat yeah. flips. But that, that's one of my favorite things about like the road to the show. Like you're in your player, all like the. Off the wall bat flips that you'll never see in baseball. Like someone hits a home run, they put it between their legs and they're like riding it like a rodeo. Yeah. You pick the most disrespectful. <laughs> you did one, isn't it? Where it's like after he hits it, he puts the bat on home uh, plate, puts his head on it, and spins yeah. around in a circle. And then he, then see, if someone did that, you got to hit him well, in the head the next time. Right they now, go. mine's, I won't say it's calm, it's pretty aggressive, but it's like normal where he, he, he like hits it. He kind of like side shuffles a little bit, and then he like spears it down, like right in front of home plate. Super oh, disrespectful, shit. but it's not like off the wall to where like before okay. the one right before this, my guy would like hit it, and then he would present the bat to the pitcher and just like let it roll off of his hands and be like, "Oh no, oh no, <laughs> that's so di- you you got to fight him right then and there." <laughs> um, but yeah, Jose's so good. And it was the Jose show. He's been on a tear lately, a triple, a two run shot in this game, five RBI on the day and a stolen base. Five RBIs and I two mean, at bats. Yeah. And literally <laughs> a stolen base. He's just different. Yep. He's just scary good. And it's nice to see Straw go one for three with two walks, setting the table several times. Um, and we need more of that from he him. He had a decent and series Austin- in Houston too. Yeah, it was one of those, it was one of those things where like he's back like the team that drafted him, the team that got him there. Like whenever players go back, it's like it's like Tyler Naquin when he comes to Cleveland. Like, yeah, he goes back and you just play elevated a little bit because not that you have a chip on your shoulder, but like you're comfortable there. You know what you know what the stadium's like. You played there for a while, and and like you know these guys, and and you're relaxed a little bit more. Yeah. I don't remember him having a particularly great series. I don't know, but he didn't he, have a great series, have. but he had a better than what he had been. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So it was good to see that, and then uh, Oscar Gonzalez just keeps on hitting. He goes two for four. You can just see it in his approach. This kid is the real deal. I mean, you don't act, you don't smoke the ball and put up the numbers he did, like we talked about in previous episodes. Like the kid had like the most home runs or fourth most home runs and all the minors in the last, like in his rolling 162 games or whatever. It was crazy. And then Palacios also picks up where he left off. Um, you know, he was doing well when he got sent down and then, you know, this is his first game back, even though he was called up the night before he goes two for four with an RBI. So I just love it. Um, I'm, I, I like Palacios something about him. Key stats four hey, strikeouts. What about so. Palacios? Hey dude, get some contacts, man. Yeah, with the little glasses. Yeah, it's so funny. Every time I see it, I was like, "Get some, oh, get some contact." Like, and we both wear glasses, but it's just funny to see athletic glasses. Like, oh, you can't see <laughs> little blind, little blind cutie. Yeah. Um. So four strikeouts to four walks. I mean, hell yeah. Uh, seeing the ball, basically not striking out, and I mean four walks. That'll do it. Eleven hits, five of them for extra bases. That's how you score freaking runs, and that's exactly what we did. Uh, five for eleven with runners in scoring position. That's a four fifty average. Again, recipe for success. 
And we only left seven on base, even though we had 15 base runners. So, I mean, this is a, you know, a seminar on how you score runs. Uh, no defensive highlights, like he said. Pitching analysis. Shane Bieber's our ace for a reason. Whether it's against the Tigers or not, he goes eight innings of one-run ball. And just, I mean, you're having a day. I don't care if it's against the Reds, Tigers, whatever. Eight run, or excuse me, eight innings, eight hits, one run, no walks, five There's strikeouts. There's a big part of me that just wanted him to get the complete game. Oh, yeah, of course. He, I mean, he, he pitched yeah, 94. I mean, he had 94 pitches, which is a, a lot. But one more inning, you know what I mean? Like, I know. Come on. Un, uno mas, por favor. <laughs> Uh, his velocity is still down, but the dude can pitch. We've said it again and again. Uh, he was super efficient in this one. Um, you know, he, he went so deep. And like Paul said, he only threw 94 pitches in eight innings. 71% were for strikes. That is, uh, yeah, that's how you you pitch well and just pound the zone. No walks and in eight innings of work, like I said. And the Tigers only had one extra base hit off of him, a double in the seventh. So, yeah, you gave up eight hits, but seven of them were singles. So, like attack the zone like if that's the outcome you take that every time um you hear me say it let your defense earn their paycheck yeah the breaking balls and off-speed pitches were looking nasty i do miss the 94 and 95 mile an hour fastball he used to have um and he that really helped him strike guys out so it's weird to see him only strike out five but dominate so much in a game but i do think that's a big part of it he just doesn't have that you know extra oomph in that fastball um, either way, he was cooking. And then Class A again comes in for the ninth with a seven-run lead, and Tito uses him. You know, he he needs work, but I don't know. Is that where you use him? And I don't do you risk your closer arm that throws a hundred and two like in innings like this? Yeah, but a closer, I, I, like not that they're used to pitching every day. They're used to pitching at least every other day. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when they get thrown off the rhythm like that, when they're not coming in, when you're up. Because Class A didn't pitch yesterday or the day before. So now he's two days removed from pitching. You know what I mean? And closers aren't used to that. So, like, I see why they brought him in. Like, if you are if you come up as a closer and, and that's what your, your role is, there's times where you pitch five days straight and then you go a day without pitching or go, go you know what I mean? So I, I don't hate that they called him in for it. Yeah, I I get it's just a couple times now. Maybe it was more the Astros one. It's just some weird usage. But yeah, you got to get some work in Um, some special notes here. High heat stats uh, tweeted out that the most games in Guardians history where with both a triple and a homer in the same game, which obviously Jose did. uh, Earl Averill had 15, which holy hell. Uh, Ken. Yeah, Jesus. (laughs) Ken Keltner had nine. Ken Keltner had nine. Grady Sizemore and Jeff Heath both had eight. Grady was which different. that surprises uh, me because like Grady Sizemore was fantastic, like elite, but he didn't have yeah. that many years where he was like elite, elite. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, he had like four. Yeah, and he, he was like so. That's what's like okay. Like, <laughs> Grady was sheesh. nuts. God, what yeah. could have been? Ooh. I know that is like one of the greatest, like what could have been. Yeah, like Derek um, Larry Doby had. Yep, Larry Doby had seven, and Jose Ramirez has six. So some pretty cool company to be in, and some crazy yeah. stats. And then this was on the a graphic uh, from the broadcast during the game that 
Shane Bieber's career following a team loss. This is what an ace does. I want to scream it, but I'm not going to scream, but just, okay, keep it calm. This is why he's an ace. His career following a team loss. He's had 42 starts. During that time, he's 21 and 9 and has a 283 record. Okay. And the team record when he pitches on days after a loss is 31 and 11, which is a 738 winning percentage. This is what an ace does. He's your, he's your, your like stopper. You know what I mean? You, you go out there, let's get it back on there. That's not a fluke. 42 starts and the team goes 31 and 11 yeah. where he pitches. That's what an ace does. We're down bad. We need you to go out there and get us a win. Like, give us your best. And he does. I just get fired up when people start saying, you know, Mickey Mouse, Cy Young, and that he's not an ace and all that stuff. Shut, shut the fuck up. His velocity is not up, but his pitching IQ and ability is off the charts. That's why even though he's dealing with a fast. Before the Jose thing. Last, last, like the last thing you said about the high heat stats, you didn't say it was your special notes. Yeah, I did. I said special notes 100%. When you're editing this, I promise you're going to go back and see it. I said special notes. Okay, we'll see. On, I promise. I'll edit it yep. out if I'm wrong. <laughs> shut, shut the fuck <laughs> up. So, game four, let's wrap this up uh, so we can get to the Guardians news. We got quite a bit and who's hot and who's not. Uh, McKenzie versus Rodriguez guardians come into Sunday's afternoon's game, ready to get a series win and keep the good times rolling. Um, they have not had a good month of may, uh, Cleveland sends their most consistent pitcher this year to the bump, our man T Mac, and he absolutely drops it off, but the offense forgets that you have to score runs to win games and the guardians spoil a brilliant outing by McKenzie and lose the series quick line. Detroit, two runs on four hits, no errors. Cleveland, one run on seven hits and one error. Offensive highlights, this will be quick. Um, not much to talk about this one because it was pretty much, it was it was a truly pathetic showing. A little more old school here, but just to hit the highlights, Straw and Ahmed both go hitless. So your number one and number two in the lineup don't even reach base. That's a bad recipe for you know any kind of success. Jose goes 0 for 3. He walks once and gets his sixth stolen base of the year. Uh, but again, you know, you're one through three, get on base one time. Uh, Owen Miller gets two hits in this game after he comes in uh, for Palacios, who is DHing. Oscar Gonzalez gets another hit because it's all the kid knows how to do. Luke Maley stays hot with an RBI single, which was our only run. Quan gets moved down to the nine hole in this one, but doesn't reach base. And nothing else to talk about because we embarrassed ourselves. So a little more old school, not, you know, just kind of stats, but uh, we we suck. Uh, key stats, nine strikeouts to one walk, not a good ratio at all. Seven hits, no extra base hits, pull noodles. And we went 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position, which is pathetic. And we only had eight base runners and we left seven of them stranded. Yep. So all that, do do do, the opposite of game three, do do do, adds up to scoring one run and sucking ass. So um, nothing defensively. Pitching analysis, I mean, T-Mac was just brilliant in this one. He gives you seven and two-thirds of two-run ball on four hits and a walk. Uh, he struck out eight. I mean, he just dominated the Tigers, which he always seems to do. He almost had a perfect game against them last season. And the only two runs were solo shots, which we say it again That's and again. That's, base- That's baseball. And if you're going to give them up, make them solo shots. Um, I think and other than that, Candelario hit- got one. And then Castro might have got one. I think Willie Castro and Jamer Condelario, yeah. I think, were the two. 
Um, but other than those, he was pretty much perfect. It only took him 90 pitches to get through seven and two third innings. 61% were, or excuse me, 61 were for strikes, which is 67%. So just pounding the zone, um, and locating, and he's just on a tear lately. And it's a shame he got an L on this one. It should be a war crime. And um, Brian Shaw and he comes w- in and gets an out on one pitch. One pitch, and we did. You, that was the game. You know, you earlier you said about your roommate, and yeah. I did the same thing with Taylor on the couch. I was like, "Fuck, here he comes!" And then he got one pitch, one out. I was like, "Okay, right, yeah." I'm gonna, and it's a shame. Like he could have got the CG on this one. I know because I'm surprised you didn't bring it up that Jose made an error um, at third. He got out of this. McKenzie like had a ground ball, and Jose it, just flubbed it like he, it, he went to transfer yeah it, in his and hand. it was like yeah it got counted as an error but like that was an error it is that was an, it's error. an error it's like it, it is an error but it's not like you you fumbled the ball and then you tri- like he came up and tried to make a quick transition from the mitt and that happens to literally every like every baseball player ever and yes it sucks that that it happened to jose in that moment but like Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like the only reason it sucks is that McKenzie. Then they pull him out of the game, and if he gets that out there, he's sitting at you know, I guess still ninety pitches. But he, you know, you maybe bring him out. He would have at least gone the eight innings, like he did. He got eight innings worth. He just, you know, so it just kind of sucks. Um, but yeah, so that's the series. We lost two or three. Uh, got rained out again because that happens once a week. And something just real fast is. It's got to be tough for our guys to get into a rhythm and a groove. Like you keep getting all these freaking off days and like that's got to mess with the pitching staff. That's got to mess with just the guys rhythm and routine. And like, yeah, it's a good rest, but you amp yourself up to play and then you don't. And then it rest isn't always got to be. That's got to be messing with them. Um, It's just like stop, go, stop, go or start, go start, you know, start, go. I know. I realized that. Stop, go, stop, go. That sounded weird. So I was, uh, yeah. Anyway, so stop, go, stop, go. And I don't know. Uh, I just think it's worth pointing out. So just a really disappointing week. I mean, you literally go, what, two and four? Two and four. We're now like five games back. Yep. Yeah, two and four, five games back. And you don't capitalize on the ability to beat up on the tires. So, um it's not not good. I mean, it is embarrassing and frustrating. It is. But anyway, who's hot? Uh, so first things first, we're going to do some cleanup. Andres Jimenez is getting taken off the who's hot list. Uh, he had a 990 OPS two weeks ago, and now he's down to a 560 last week. Um, last seven games, he's slashing a 148 with a 179 OBP, a 148 slugging, and a 320, for a 327 OPS, and it's real bad. Uh, we said last week. If it wasn't for him being a platinum glove defender at shortstop, that he wouldn't have been on here. Um, but he's fallen off even worse now. And even though he still plays great defense, it's pretty bad. That's bad. Yeah, that's real bad. Um, T Mac, he's staying on. He's uh, up from a B plus to an A. Two starts this week, both dominating. The Astros and the Tigers, excuse me, pitched 14 and two-thirds, almost has the complete game, which we just talked about, only gave up three runs. 
in his last three starts, 21 and two thirds with a 249 ERA, 0.64 whip, and 15 strikeouts. Just fuck. 0.64 whip. Yeah. Just dominating. Holy Just crap. over a Just half cooking. a runner. Yeah. He's made nine starts this year and has a two fifty or two sixty five URA, sorry, and a point eight six whip. God, the dude's on fire right now. T Mac uh Go Burr. T Mac Cy Young question mark. <laughs> yeah, T Mac Go Burr. <laughs> uh and then Cal Quantrill stays on. He's uh he was at a B plus last week. We're keeping him there. Last three starts, nineteen and a third with a three twenty six ERA for a one two four whip. Uh, we put him on last week to show him some love for being so consistent, but just grinder, baby. Uh, his ERA for the last three games went from 325 last week to 326 this week. Uh, his whip went up. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Like that, he, he you know, he, he pitched one time and his, you know, his rolling three games went from 325 to 326. Yeah. So just the tiniest little tick up. <laughs> uh, his whip went up a decent bit because of the six hits and four walks against the Astros. Uh, but gave a six innings, a two-run ball, which you can't ask too much more uh, from your starter, especially against the Astros. Yeah, it's weird we keep people at the same thing, but they're also pitching well. But it's like his whip for the previous three games was like .92 or something, and it jumped all the way up to one two four because he gave up 10 base runners and six innings. But, you know, two runs against the Astros, six innings as a quality start. So it's like... You're not really staying in place, but that's why I kept him at a B plus. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting. Uh, Jose obviously is going on. He, yeah, he, yeah, he's, a, he's an A. I, he's not our first A because T Mac is an A right now. But he's, he, I think he's our first person where we put on. He's like, nah, he's an A right now. Um, yeah. Last seven games, he's batting three twenty with a four thirty three OBP and eight eighty slugging for a one point three two three OPS. Uh, eight for twenty-five with three home runs, eleven RBIs, five walks, three stolen bases, and only one strikeout. And we did not mention the three doubles and the triple that he had. Yeah. Um. And geez, the man's just going off. Struck out one time yeah. in his last twenty-five at bats. The dude's Excuse literally me? just taking his massive dong and dropping on pitchers' foreheads. He gets up and clean when he gets up to the plate. He just drops uh, the home plate, or excuse me, he cleans home plate off with it. He's yeah, like, shh, 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 shh. he's like, I got this one. Yeah, blue. hold on. Um, who's not list? Aaron Savali is getting taken off. He was placed on the IL. He was at a C minus. Uh, Miles Straw stays on. Stays on. He goes from a. He was at a C. Goes down to a D. Last week he had a six twenty nine OPS, which was an improvement. Uh, last seven games one forty eight. Uh, batting average 233 slugging or 233 OBP 185 slugging for 418 OPS just not great um and they're just I don't know he walked a couple times like we talked about in the Tiger series uh and and he was doing decent in the Astros series but just still struggling uh 175 over his last 15 games with a 284 OBP just not what you you can't have that from your leadoff guy, yeah, I love him. We love him to death. It's just like he's got. He's, he's still. Get he's still giving us. He's he's our center fielder. He's not going anywhere. He's gonna play every yeah, day. No, um, and he's still got the hit tool yeah. and stuff. It's just like he's got it. This happens to literally gotta, everyone in baseball. Um, Stephen Kwan, he's staying on. He goes down to an F from a D, which is the lowest we've ever ranked someone. 
Uh, last week he had a 401 OPS. Last seven games he's batting 100 with a 217 OPP OBP, uh, 100 slugging and a 317 OPS. In his last 30 games, batting 181 with a 263 OBP, a 248 slugging for a 511 OPS. Just gross. He's down bad. I tweeted about it this morning, and I just said, I am worried. Yeah. Like, just to talk about Stephen Kwan. Like, I am getting concerned. You know, we've moved him down to the 7-8, and in Sunday's game, he was in the 9-hole um, yesterday and to take some pressure off. But he's just getting up there and playing so defensive. Like, he's in his head, and he just he doesn't go up there looking to do damage at all. It's just like, let me just stay alive as long as I can and foul stuff off and don't swing and don't strike out. But it's like... That doesn't do anything. You know what I mean? Like you have to swing the bat. You have to look for a pitch and swing, you know, maybe it's the third pitch of the at bat, but it's one you like swing at it. You know what I mean? He's just so defensive right now. And people are talking about what should we do with him? And I'm like, I don't know. At some point, you know, if, if he's bad for another two weeks like this, like you got to send him down. Like, with 30 so we've played what 44 games 45 whatever it is 30 games is majority of the season and when you take out that first five six days of where field or two last month yeah and when he was barry bonds right and making barry bonds numbers look silly when you take that out the last 30 games is not a small sample size you know what i mean for a 511 ops and a 263 obp like that ain't from a guy who has no power yeah, from like again, and then you look at his analytics, his batted ball profile. It's all blue. He doesn't his strikeout, his walk rate, and his whiff rate are like the best in baseball. He's like ninety nine and a hundred percentile, but then everything else is like blue, like really low blue. Like he just doesn't make hard contact. So I love him. I believe in him, but like I'm not married to Stephen Kwan because like and, and he's a rookie. He's going to go through growing yeah. pains. The league has adjusted to him. I'm not like, oh, oh, you know, like this is going to happen. But if it keeps going like this for another two weeks, I think you got to send him down to get his head right. Like there's just you can't block other people or steal playing time from Palacios or Gonzalez in, you know, with this. Yeah. Like at some point, it's like you're young. You will be back. Go figure it out. You know what I mean? Because it's not like he's smoking the ball, but he's not finding grass like. The last 30 games, 263, like that's that's not good. No, not I all. mean, so a 317 OPS, it, it's just he's got to get his head right. I still believe in him, but I am officially worried. Like part of me wonders if he is, you know, going to going to stick long term. That's a little hot take, but I just if we said any other player and we sh- and we brought this out, if we're just being objective, any other player other than Quan because of his start, and again, his start showed us how great he can be, so that's part of it. But any other player, if I told you all this, we'd be like, he's not it. Get him yeah. off this team. You know what I mean? And so, like, let's not lie to ourselves. But I still believe in him. I'm just – I am worried. Um, I don't know. Like, again, we've been screaming for some power in the corner outfield spots, and that's the exact opposite of what Quan is. We have a lot of guys that get big OBP and a lot of a lot of – on base stuff and, and not a lot of power. Um, and Quan's just another one that adds to it. Yeah. Which when he gets on base at a three eighty clip, fuck yeah. But when you're not, yeah, you know what I mean? 
Um, Andres Jimenez is going from the hot list to the not list. Um, and he's he's going on to a D plus, uh, last seven games. He's batting a 148 with a 179 OBP, a 148 slugging, 327 OP, uh, OPS. Um, last 15, batting 218 with a 259 OBP with a 382 slugging for a 641 OPS. He's slumping a little bit right now. Uh, but we're, he still plays that ungodly defense. Um, 327 OPS over your last seven games and a 249 OBP over your last 15 is not going to get it done for us. Yeah. And so when the highs, right, and we'll call them on the lows, you know what yeah. I mean? It's low right now and a, incredible defense. But yeah, dog is struggling, borderline unacceptable. He'll get it back. Um, he's just not seeing the high fastball wells. One thing I see his swing looks kind of long right now. And um, he's, it, it it's going to come back around, but yeah, bad. That's why I put the last 15 game stretch in there. So he had a six forty one, which still is below league average, but it's really in the last week that it's, it's, it's tanked off there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just to recap, uh, obviously Andres Semen is off the hot list. T-Mac goes, bumps up to an A. Cal Quantrill stays at a B plus. Jose Ramirez on at an A. Uh, Aaron Savali off the who's not because he's on the IL. Miles Straw stays on, goes down to a D. Uh, Steven Kwan stays on, goes down to an F. And Andres Jimenez gets on, falls all the way from the who's hot um, to a D plus. Yep. So AL Central standings, Minnesota, first place, 29 and 19, 7 and 3 in their last 10. Uh, they just keep winning. Uh, God bless them. The White Sox, 23 and 23, five games back, five and five in their last 10. So they're just treading water. Uh, we're in third place, 19 and 24, seven and a half games back. We're three and seven in our last 10. We should not be three and seven in our last 10. It's frustrating that we're five games below 500. Yep. Uh, Detroit 17 and 29 in fourth place, 11 games back, four and six in their last 10. Kansas City 16 and 30, know your place trash in last place, 12 games back, two and eight in their last 10. Um, and yeah, why don't we get into some Guardians news? Yeah. Uh, so Monday, uh, Justin L. I don't, Sorry, Justin Lotta. Okay. He's from GBI. He's the editor okay. of uh, Guardians Baseball Insider. Uh, tweeted out that left-handed pitcher Tim Heron has earned a promotion from Akron to Columbus per the Guardians. Uh, this year, the 25-year-old reliever has 37 strikeouts, 22 and a third, just six walks, uh, greatly improving control over the last year, um, and up to 97 with a good slider. Should be firmly on the radar now. Yeah. I mean... It's exciting. Yeah, just another so, arm. Congrats to him. Yeah, going to AAA. It's a big deal. Uh, Wednesday, Guardians Insider tweeted out that uh, some moves. Outfielder Daniel Johnson was traded to the Mets for cash considerations. Uh, right-hand pitcher Ian Gaba. I think that's how you pronounce it. Was active. Ian Gaba. Whatever. It seems like French yeah, or something. activated off the IL for the Clippers. I'm um, released life left-handed pitcher Jake Mednick, Mendick, Mendick, Mednick. Yeah, I don't uh, know. Yeah, never heard of him. I'm just yeah. gonna be 100 honest. Uh, Sunday, Bernie Pleskoff tweeted out uh, when Cleveland Guardians traded Dan- outfield uh, outfielder Daniel Johnson to the Mets last week. They got cash considerations for him. The total 1.1 um, 
No, just one dollar. Oh, one dollar. Just a dollar. Oh, they got more for you, Chang. We literally got a dollar. Yeah. Because someone was like, you're kidding, right? He, he's like, no, I wish I was. We got a dollar. One. I liked Daniel Johnson. Yeah, he ne- you did. You you irrationally liked him. Uh, he came yeah. up. He hit a home run or two, played really bad defense, didn't hit the ball yeah, much. But a dollar? Man's worth more than a dollar. Yeah. I don't know. A dollar plus his triple A salary, I guess. <laughs> a dollar. All right. I got a dollar. I got Thursday, a dollar. Guardians Perspective tweeted out that 24-year-old prospect, or outfield prospect, Will Brennan, has been promoted to AAA. Uh, Brennan's 22 numbers uh, at AA Akron, 36 games, 42 hits, 16 runs, 12 of them for doubles, uh, one triple, four home runs, 39 RBIs, 17 walks, five stolen bases, a 311 average, a 382 OBP, a 504 slugging, an 886 OPS, and a 143 weighted runs combined. Yeah, it's pretty fucking good. Will Brennan's been torching it in double yeah. A, so excited we'll see to see if him can keep it to, rolling to in triple A. Yeah. Uh, Ken Rosenthal tweeted out on Thursday that MLB has informed clubs that they will be permitted to carry 14 pitchers until June 19th. Sources tell the Athletic earlier revised plan to have been 13 man limit to take effect on May 30th. Yeah. So just interesting because they keep changing. Yeah. It. You know, originally it was May 1st or May 2nd or whatever. And then they're like, okay, no, we'll let you keep it. But at the end of that, then no more. And now they're bumping it up for another, you know, month to give you a 14 until June night. Well, a little over three weeks. Yeah. Or just under three weeks. Excuse me. So, and then third, because the injuries, yeah, man. Thursday, uh, Guardians perspective tweeted out, uh, Guardians 22 year old, uh, left-handed pitcher prospect, Joey Cartello, Cantello, Cantillo, Cantillo, uh, with five straight outings for Akron without allowing a run, spanning 22 innings. Uh, on Thursday, he went five innings, one hit, no earned, or no earned runs, no wall or one walk, seven strikeouts. Last five innings or last five starts, starts out. We'll call them outings. Uh, 22 innings pitched, 10 hits, no runs, three walks, 33 strikeouts. That's obviously a zero ERA. Uh, and then on the yeah. season, 33 innings pitched, nine hits or 19 hits, eight runs, seven earned runs, 14 walks, 52 strikeouts for a 191 <laughs> ERA, which is pretty fucking good. Yeah, he is. Good. Yeah. Joey Cantillo just dropping it off. And Friday, Guardians Perspective tweeted out uh, that Cleveland Guardians 21-year-old outfield prospect George Valera with fi- with his fifth home run over the last seven games in Akron last night in a W. Oh, yeah. George Valera was off to a real slow start at double yeah. A, and then he's just turned it on. <laughs> uh, Friday, future Guardians of the Land tweeted out that captain's pitcher Gavin Williams had to leave his start with two outs in the bottom of the fourth after taking a line drive off the glove hand wrist. Uh, hopefully it's nothing serious because, oof, that has to hurt. I, like taking a line drive off of anything hurts. Um, yeah, and then, Gavin Williams has been And then cooking. Saturday, I'm assuming Saturday morning, uh, that the Guardians perspective tweeted out that x-rays looked good for Gavin Williams, nothing broken, just bruised and sore. Praise up, baby. Yep. And uh, Friday, John Elrod tweeted out that more bad injury news. Um, like we talked about, George Valera had been taken out of the game in the eighth following uh, a play at the plate. 
in the seventh where he came up limping. Uh, Akron manager Ruglis Odor told uh, John that Valero wanted to continue but was taken out for precautionary reasons, taking into account the slippery conditions of the spot in right field from the rain. So not good. Two big L's. Yeah. Gavin Williams is a really up-and-coming prospect for us down at Lake County that's just been cooking. And then George Valera is obviously going to be our lord and savior. And the fact that then you know, Saturday, it was, we took some L's. Yeah, Garden Protective tweeted out that George Valera suffered a slight ankle sprain in last night's contest. He will likely miss Saturday and Sunday's game and be reevaluated for Akron's next series on Tuesday, which players play through ankle sprains. It's nothing too serious. Uh, just want to Take it as cautiously as possible. Yeah, I mean, he's, again, he's our Lord and Savior, so we can't take too many yeah. L's. Um, and then Saturday, Gardens Perspective also tweeted out that 21-year-old right-hand pitcher prospect Daniel Espino is set to throw a bullpen session on Tuesday. Espino hasn't pitched since April 29th when he left his start with Akron in the fifth inning. The injury would later be diagnosed as a white right knee tendonitis. Yeah. So again, our other Lord and Savior, future yeah. Jacob Degrom, two is getting back to throwing a bullpen. And so you heard us Jesus. talk about that we traded away Yu Chang to the Padres. Yeah, or pa- not Padres. It Pirates. was official. Yeah, and it was official today from the team that and that we did it for cash uh, consideration. Yep. So hopefully more than a dollar. Uh, upcoming. Yeah, hopefully. Upcoming series preview, uh, three games versus the Royals. That's going to be at home. And then I believe we're going on the road for uh, three games in Camden Yards uh, against the Orioles. So tonight's game, Monday, 6-10 start Eastern uh, is going to be Heasley versus Plesak. Uh Heasley is 0-2, right-handed pitcher, 4-7-3 ERA. Plesak is also right-handed, of course, 1-4 with a 5-4-0 ERA. Um, the Royals are bad. Um, we we got to get some wins here. Um, Tuesday, six ten start. Lynch versus Quantrill. Lynch is a left-handed pitcher, two and three, with a three nine two ERA. Big Daddy Dick Quantrill's right-handed, one and three, with a three four two ERA. And then Wednesday's game uh, series finale is a one ten start, and that's going to be Brad Keller. Uh, who's a right-handed pitcher, one and five with a three nine five ERA versus Connor Pilkington, who's a lefty, um, zero zero uh, record at this point, three seven five ERA. Yeah, I mean we got to get yeah. some wins, man. Like at some point, I know expectations are low for this year, and you know we got to figure everything out. But we got to be. I mean, we are way better than the Royals and the Tigers, and like we got to start getting some wins that we're supposed to. We're probably not going to contend, obviously. I mean, all year, uh, you know, all offseason, I said, that's not what this year's about. But, like, just play a nice brand of baseball. You know what I mean? Like, beat the teams that you're supposed to sometimes. Baseball's about riding out 500 and then running the hot streaks, yep. you know? And, and just maybe we won't go 500, but just beat some of the teams you're supposed to. So take two or three here. You're back home. Um, hopefully no rainouts And... You know, you get Quantrill, Plesak, God help us, but against the Royals offense, he might survive. And then Pilkington, hopefully he'll bounce back. So, um, then you, it, then come you on, go get two to or three Camden here. Yards like, and come play on. against a not-so-great Baltimore team. Yeah, and I think I forgot here to say that the Royals are, I, we said it in the AL Central, but to recap, but 
The Royals are two and eight in their last 10. So they're down bad. We're three and seven. So we're not much better, but come on, bad team down bad. Like put your, you know, your, your foot to their throat. And then um, the Orioles are 20 and 29 as of today. Obviously that record will change by the time we see them on Friday. On Friday, we will face them at 7.05 Eastern time. Um, Saturday will be a 4.05 Eastern time start. And uh, Sunday is 1.35 Eastern start. So uh, pretty traditional series or, you know, series time and start times. And uh, unfortunately, I have to work this weekend so I can't go up there and catch a game. Ugh, the Orioles are, um, I kind of love it for them because they've just been so bad and like they should be punished. They're playing so bad, you know, the last couple of years, but they got like three or four walk-off wins in the last 10 days. Yeah. And they, get, they like, got the best not gonna, team in baseball. They're not going to contend or anything, but you got Adley Rutschman up. Who's number one overall prospect in what? 2019. He's the number one overall prospect. Just, He's the number one overall pick in 2019. Or draft, draft pick. Yeah. You said me. prospect, yeah. not pick. And, yeah, I said prospect, and then he was number one prospect as well. So see some high-talent stuff. Bad team, you should take two or three. They're playing better as of yeah. late and being more scrappy. They're not as dumpster fire. But again, you should go four and two on this week. Like, that's not an unreasonable, you know, if you get hot, some sweeps. But come on, go four and two. So um, that's all I got, unless you got anything no, else, man. I don't got anything else. Good conversation. A um, little longer than I kind of thought it would. About the the new format, we haven't heard anything yet, but let us know. Yeah, we heard from T. Williams. Shout out to number one, yeah. um, and from my brother. But yeah, let us know what you think of the new format. Um, you know, six games played, so two hour episode, but a lot of player talk too. So I, I mean, we're we're happy with the way it's kind of going and. Uh, and good discussion of the team. So thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, follow, and turn on automatic downloads wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. Make sure you check out the merch store too. Forgot to mention at the top of the episode, that link is going to be in the episode description. And if you listen early, you're going to be rewarded because we're running a 20% off sale through tomorrow, yep. Tuesday. Use code MEMORIAL20 for 20% all off. So all caps, no cap, but... All caps. (laughs) Memorial 20 for 20% off. Um, And then please consider leaving a review. It really helps us out. Please, if you're going to do anything, please do that. Let us know you're enjoying the content. Helps us, other people, find find the show. And be sure to follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at 216BaseballPod. Half the show is on Twitter. Um, and we'll be back next Monday to give you a breakdown of the Royals and uh, Orioles series. So guards up, baby. Let's go. Let's go.